following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. What is up, everybody, and welcome to the first ever Belly Up Sports Football Super Show. It's going to be a great show. If you're a football fan, whether it be college or NFL, this is going to be a great show, and I'm so happy that you guys are joining us. Uh, we've got an amazing panel to join us from the Belly Up Media, uh, as well as Jake Crane to talk about some college football, and then later on, Marcus Ogden, a former offensive lineman from the, for the NFL. Uh, he's going to help us talk a little bit about the NFL it's going to be a great show. Um, I'm going to go ahead and first kind of kick it around real quick and introduce everybody. I'll start off with myself. I'm Josh Mahler, host of Rising to the Occasion, and uh, I'm here. I've only joined uh, Belly Up for just the last couple of months or so, but uh, it's been an honor to, to be a part of the network and to be able to help uh, host this show. And then I'll go ahead and kick it over to you, Jared. Go ahead and tell us about who you are and what you are to Belly Up Sports, man. Well, my name is uh, Jared Clem. I am the host of the Corner Booth Podcast. And as well as Josh being one of the newer guys, I'm actually one of the elder statesmen here at Belly Bear for about four and a half years, and I'm also the podcast development director as well. All right, and then uh, we'll go ahead and kind of go around. We'll first start off with Kelsey. How you doing, man? What's up? How's it going, guys? Um, so obviously part of uh, Belly Up for, I don't know, I don't even know where I fall. In I'm in the middle of the line, <laughs> I guess, basically. Uh, part of Hilo Sports, me and DJ uh, make up that show. We, you know, we go live every Wednesday on uh, Belly Up Sports, but I also handle marketing um, for Belly Up as well. A man of many trades. We're glad to have you in, Kelsey. And we've got Blake Lane joining us too. How you doing, Blake? What's up, fellas? I'm the host of the Up Tipo podcast. I mainly just talk about Auburn sports. I love the Auburn Tigers, so excited to be on here tonight. Heck yeah, we're, we're excited to talk a little bit about Auburn, uh, kind of in the mix as well with, with talking about college football. Uh, and then uh, we'll also bring up Kevin. How you doing, Kev? I'm doing great. Uh, I host Tailgate in the Quad. I'm also a massive Bama fan, so roll tide. <laughs> roll tide. All righty. And then, of course, we've got just not one Kevin, but two Kevins, and not an Alabama fan. How you doing, Kevin? Well, life is good here, and uh, my name is Kevin Wilson, and uh, I'm a part of the Belly Up uh, Fantasy Live football show. We do a Sunday morning preview. And uh, also a Wednesday night show. And during the baseball season, I am the baseball fantasy guru out there. So I've been with Belly Up for a little bit of time now. And so I'm very excited to be here. Absolutely. We're excited to have you on too, Kevin. And then, uh, of course, last but not least, uh, we've got Tyler joining us over with the Belly Up Sports Podcast too. How are you doing, Tyler? Yeah, good to be here, uh, co-host, uh, four of co-hosts of uh, the Sports Fair Hamble podcast, uh, live every Sunday nights. So I got two other shows, College Football Coast to Coast on Monday nights, SEC Talk on Tuesday nights. So we're newbies uh, to the Billy Up Media Network. We just joined uh, in early November, so happy to be here. Yes, yeah, it's, it's great to have you on and uh, great to have you a part of Belly Up, too. And then we're going to go ahead and bring in our guest. Uh, I know he doesn't have a whole lot of time. He also wasn't able to do video today, but he's got 
uh, some some family to take care of and everything there. But we'll go ahead and bring him in, Jake. It's an honor to have you in, the host of the of Crane and Company. Uh, great to have you here, man. Hey, man, I appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, I mean, look, it's uh, I got the in-laws in. It's going well so far. It's been a good first quarter. We came out and, and did what we had to do. We just got to keep it up, uh, go ahead and finish this half strong and get ready for the second half. Uh, so, you know, menu's ready. Uh, but uh, I always appreciate coming on and talking to you, Josh. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you were able to make the time, even though it may not be very much. We're glad to have you on. Um, but let's go ahead and get into it. I'll, I'll kind of start us off and kind of kick us off here. Uh, and then we'll kind of go around and, and uh, you know, kind of, throw some stuff at Jake since he's only got a little bit of time with us here real quick. Uh, and then we'll all kind of go a little bit deeper into the college football talk, but let's go ahead and first start off. Uh, we've got the college football playoff coming up. Of course, Georgia's the favorite. And I, I think most of us will probably pick Michigan to be the favorite. I think both of them are eight point or more favorite in each of their respective games. Uh, we've got TCU and Ohio state who are kind of the underdogs of the playoffs. Uh, Jake, what do you think both, I guess, TCU and Ohio State have to do to be able to make it out of that first round and overcome this big deficit uh, of, of being an underdog the way that they are, man? Uh, you know, the national narrative right now is that this Georgia-Ohio State game is going to be a pretty good one, obviously, because of the personnel that Ohio State has on the outside, even though uh, JNS isn't going to play. We know how talented the Duke is. Obviously, Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, they are going to have one healthy back at least. But, you know, I, I keep seeing the people that are writing off this TCU team that really has every ingredient, I think, to hang around in this game for at least three and a half quarters with Michigan. But everybody's acting like it's going to be a blowout. Because if you look at TCU, Max Duggan, you have the experienced quarterback who's truly a dual threat guy. Max is a threat with his legs. Uh, you look at their offensive line, they should be good enough to be able to at least get Kendra Miller uh, going for, you know, three, three yards of carry somewhere around there. The biggest question with the game – in my opinion, it's TCU's front seven on defense against the Michigan offensive line. Michigan's been similar to the way Georgia was offensively last year. JJ's a little more, you know, talented than Stetson is outside the pocket, but they both can run. But they squeeze you with the run game late. They use the play action off of it. I think the Michigan TCU game is going to be a little bit tighter than what people are thinking. And I question the physicality overall of Ohio State. I think it's been their one weakness. We know they recruited at a very high level. Well, we know they have an NFL talent roster. C.J. Stroud does tend to bit, uh, you know, put the invisibility poke on every now and then in the big game. But I question Ohio State's physicality more than I question TCU's physicality. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And the TCU team, I, I see them. I think that's the most likely to kind of be the, the little upset there, at least in the first round. I don't think anybody's going to be able to take out Georgia. But, uh, Jared, you got anything for Jake? Uh, Jake, I want to ask you this because we had um... – as a Hurricanes fan, I don't have much to look forward to in bowl time. So my biggest thing was one: who's the upset going to be? Obviously, Jake took uh, Josh took that away from me. But my biggest question is with all this stuff about recruiting. And last year we had Texas A and M apparently buying their class, according to Kevin's favorite team, Alabama. The, the recruiting class: do we see immediate impact this year for teams like Miami and Alabama? I believe Nebraska, even with Matt Rule, who put in a lot of work the past couple weeks. Or is this going to be a one to two year process? We're going to see it in 2024, 25. Yeah. Well, look, you know, I, I think we have a bad habit in, in college football and, and really in sports in general, but especially in college football of, of painting everything with a general and a broad brush. Well, these situations were like this. So therefore, there's a high likelihood that this situation is going to end up like this because it's similar. Uh, you know, when it comes to the transfer portal and coaches taking over jobs, you know, the old ad 
advantage was it takes three cycles uh, when the rules were how they used to be back in the day to get your guys in there, get your culture going, let those freshmen become juniors or those redshirts become redshirt sophomores. But now if you're taking over a job like Mario in Miami, to me, I think you use the transfer portal in a way that plugs up the holes in the boat, but you, you don't build a whole ship out of it. I think that's kind of a, a, a tough way to go about it. We see it in college basketball, but how many teams in college basketball go win a national championship with, with five new transfers? Typically, it's a team with old guards or teams that have played together. You're going to see that in college football, too. So you want to have the developmental part of it. That's why you love to see five-star high school offensive tackles where the game is won and lost up front on the edge. What separates Georgia? What separates Bama? What separates Michigan and Ohio State and the teams that are at the top? It's up front. If it was just about scheme, then the same scheme would win a national championship every year. So if I'm a Miami fan, it's it's a long way of saying something short. I think Mario understands you use the transfer portal to snipe spots and hire mercenaries, but you build the program out of high school players. You develop them, which that turns into your culture. I think Mario understands that, and he's also in the ACC. So I would feel – I wouldn't be panicking like you see some Miami fans after kind of a bad year on the field. Tyler Van Dyke didn't live up to it. You had some injuries, especially in the wide receiver room that cost you, and defensively the personnel's got to get better. But Mario understands that. He's a former lineman. I, I would feel good with where I'm at if I'm Miami and if I'm a Florida State fan right now, to be honest with you. Florida football's coming back, hopefully. <laughs> Let's go ahead and kick it over to you, Kelsey. We'll keep on going in order. Yeah, no. So, you know, I actually kind of want to go back to what you were saying about TCU, obviously. TCU, a big surprise to a lot of people this year, obviously. Uh, you talked about Max Duggan, but he's not the only superstar. I, I, I say superstar on that team as far as carrying that yeah. team. You know, you got Quentin Johnston out here, the receiver. Oh, yeah. Where do you think Quentin Johnston? Because he's now healthy. Obviously, we saw him healthy going in the Big Twelve game. He's going to be healthy going into this game against Michigan. I'm really, I'm really curious. What's your, what do you, what do you think your impact is? Quentin Johnston can have on this game. Do you think he is physical enough to beat up on some of these smaller corners for Michigan, or do you think he's going to be a guy that's going to, going to have a tough time out there? Well, I, I think TCU's got a top three wide receiver room in the country. I, I don't think it's obviously he's the best one, but you look at Darius Davis. And, and they all do different things well, right? I was the defensive coordinator for three years, and the one thing that I hated the most was that if you got guys – it's one thing if you if you got guys that can do one thing, right? If you have tall, possession-wide receivers that just go up and get the ball, but I'm not worried about having to play that cap. Maybe a 50-50 ball beats us, that's fine, but you're not going to run by me. TCU has guys that can run by you, like that little Ewok Darius Davis. I'm telling you, that is an unbelievable problem. And then you have those trees on the outside. So when you put all that stuff together – you almost have to guard DCU evenly, which scares you because there's an old saying in football, if you're even, they're leaving. Uh, I do think he's physical enough. The thing I like about him is not just his ability to jump up and catch the ball at its highest point. It's his ability to break tackles. He's so dangerous after he catches the pass, regardless of, of what position he's in, because he's strong enough to stiff arm a will. He's strong enough to take a safety and shiver him off. He's for sure as hell strong enough to push a corner down and run him over in the, in the end zone for a touchdown. But he is also a decoy. You are going to have to find a way to shade that safety to him. And an old quarterback like Max Duggan knows that when you tip your hand, I'm going to make you pay, which means he does as much damage pre-snap as he does during the snap. And those are the guys that will continue to have success and give the offense outs on third downs right we're gonna run sale which one runs the vert two runs the 10 yard out well we're scared to death of the vert by quentin johnson so we're gonna play inside leverage on the out well max duggan hits Darius davis for a first down on third and eight so those are the type 
things that he brings, and I do think he's physical enough and could make the play that makes the difference. Yeah, I like the take too. Uh, and and before we get a little little further, I want to jump over to the chat real quick because we got plenty in the chat and, and joining us. But I see one question I think uh, would be good for Jake to answer here. Uh, it's from the Sports Stove Podcast member with Billy up here. Uh, Steve says, uh, "Which team is most likely to choke? What do, what team do you think in the playoffs is most likely to choke?" There, Jake. Uh, if we're talking in college, well, I think we got to find choke. Does choke mean that you're a team that's a favorite that loses the game, or does choke mean you get blown out by 35 points with a roster like Ohio State? I think Georgia may beat Ohio State to sleep, guys. I'm going to be honest with you right now, and I, I don't like coming out and, and say, oh, you know, big SEC, whatever. People always jump to SEC bias, uh, but I, I feel like Georgia is such so much more physical than Ohio State up front, and all it is going to take is for Georgia to come out there and Stetson Bennett to use his witchcraft and wizardry on a third down outside of the pocket to put them up two touchdowns, and all of a sudden, C.J. Stroud, that shoulder starts hurting a little bit. Uh, I would not be surprised if you saw George beat Ohio State by at least two touchdowns. Absolutely. Uh, Kev, you have anything for Jake there before we? Uh, I kind of want to go back to what Jared was talking about with, you know, Texas A&M buying a recruiting class. You have schools tampering, reaching out to guys not yet in the portal. Does this fall strictly on Mark Emmerich in the NCAA? We all saw this coming and they just dragged their feet on passing any sort of ruling to kind of mitigate this stuff. Is there any what else you can blame for this? Do you have some other insight on this or a differing opinion? Well, yeah, look, you for sure you can put some of it on Mark Emmer, but you have to understand the NCAAs basically got exposed as the emperor with no clothes. They really had no power this full time because just like any entity that puts out a caution wet force on, you are scared of getting sued. And with the way we are in society right now, the antitrust laws that could be thrown at them for what was seemingly going on and the way that they would kind of hoard the money was number one, a national PR nightmare. You saw the way that was turning. So it got turned out they had no power. To me, what the problem was, if you're going to be mad about anything, don't just be mad about, all right, that we have the transfer portal and you have the one year transfer rule. Or don't just be mad about, oh, well, now we have NIL. Be mad that they released both of them basically at the same time with no guardrails on on either. It doesn't take this it doesn't take Warren Buffett to figure out that you may want to put rules on things before you release two huge mountains of new rules in a way that would change the game at the same time. It's called building the parachute on the way down and most of the times you land and go splat. And now you can't do anything about it. We've had Tommy Tuberville on. We've had Jim Jordan on on the show. Guys that work in, in you know in the federal building that say we cannot make these laws because they are they're going to be lawsuits that last for days and days and days so there's plenty of blame to go around it's here now i don't know what they can do about it because once you let pandora out of the box it's hard to put it back in so do what i do blame everybody <laughs> it's, it's an easier easier route to go uh, we'll kick it over to you blake yeah, appreciate it, Josh. Jake, man, uh, I got to ask you, I know we share a love for the Auburn Tigers, man. I got to ask you about Hugh Freeze and the and the job that he has done so far yeah. uh, with the recruiting class. And also, could you talk a little bit about the staff that he has put together? Don't let being treated for pain be a pain. Come to Downtown's Healthcare, 950 17th Street in Denver. Find out how to reduce pain naturally without surgery, without drugs. Call Downtown's Healthcare, 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Yeah, well, Blake, what's up, man? It's good to hear from you. Uh, you know me. I'm going to tell it to you how it is. Uh, good, bad, or indifferent. Uh, you know, we're all a fan of somebody, which is what I always say, but I'm harder on Auburn than anybody. I think he's I think he's done a pretty good job. Uh, obviously, he was the guy I wanted to get the job. Shoot, I was trying to get him, help get him the job for about a year and a half. You know that, Blake. Um, but <laughs> yep. when I look at, at number one, the staff, I think he's done a good job of blending guys that have a lot of experience with guys that have Auburn ties, with guys that are younger. You never want to just hire all your friends. You for damn sure don't want to hire all your enemies. And you want to have a good blend of diversity on the staff. And I'm not talking about what color your skin is, but what your experience is. You know, you look at Ron Roberts, the D.C., a guy that's been in for a while. Uh, you look at Philip Montgomery, the O.C., who's been a head coach. Tulsa did some good things there. He was there forever. Then you have young guys, Zach Etheridge and Trevon Reed uh, and, and guys like that, Cadillac Williams, who's in a high position as a young guy with Auburn ties. And they all have different, you know, specificities and where they can recruit that, you know, Marcus Davis, who's not, just got hired as a wide receiver coach, is fantastic down there in South Florida. That's something Auburn lost a lot when, when T-Will went down to UCF. But they're all, I, I believe they're all on the same page. But here's, here's what's going to have to happen. All right. At some point, you can build all the buildings you want to build. You can be the best salesman there is i'm talking about just unbelievable just go in there and just sells it but at some point you have to show those kids that you can win on the field and win big games because winning big games gets you in the biggest games playing in a college football playoff game is worth its weight in gold more for the opportunity than it really is the result that's why i say that the expansion to 12 I think it should be eight, but the expansion to 12 is going to increase parity, not instantly. That's like trying to turn the economy around with one snap of your fingers. That'll never work. It's too big of an organism. It's a lot of small good decisions that lead to big outcomes. So if you're Auburn, a place like Auburn, you have to prove that you can get in there. Once you get in there and you're in that living room with that grandma or that grandma, that five-star defensive end or that mom or that dad or that auntie or that uncle, and you say, listen, I know you think your son can get to the NFL. We want to get him in the biggest stage possible because that game against TCU and Michigan can move you from a fourth rounder to a first rounder, from a third rounder to a second rounder, from undrafted getting paid to playing football. And that is worth its weight in gold because the two biggest pitches that there still is in recruiting is the amount of money that you can pay me and can you get me to the NFL? And why do they want to go to the NFL so they can make what? money that's how it will always be you gotta win on the field and then you'll unlock the potential of auburn but i think he's a guy to answer your question blake that can actually do it because he's not afraid of them yeah absolutely uh tyler we'll go ahead and kick it over your way yeah what's going on jake uh, i have a question uh, about lsu uh with uh, jane daniels returning and, and Keyshawn butte uh returning uh once again how high do you think the ceiling is uh for this offense uh going in, into 2023 higher than the Front row of a Bob Marley concert. It's not just that, you know. You've got Mason Smith coming back. You've you've got a, a, a somewhat young secondary. I said this when Brian Kelly got the job. He's the stepdad you never wanted, but you always needed. You hate him when he comes in there and says you need to clean up your room and treat 
your mother better. You need to start doing your homework and hanging out with better friends. And you don't love them until you're walking across the stage at Harvard, graduating number one in your class, or you're lifting up that national championship trophy. LSU is, to me, the scariest team in the SEC when they have structure. The state, you can you can win a national championship with just players from in that state and right around that state. And they all love LSU. There's no Auburn to an Alabama. There's no Ole Miss to a Mississippi State. Hell, there isn't even a Vanderbilt to Tennessee. Nobody wants to go to Louisiana Tech. Let's be honest. So when you look at the talent around there and Brian Kelly understands how to structure the roster and do the things to build the machine, because that's what Kirby did in Georgia. He turned Athens into Tuscaloosa because Nick showed them all how to do it, and it feeds itself. So having a quarterback like Jaden Daniels that can make that broken play on third down against NFL athletes, that Alabama has and score the touchdown that matters. That's huge, but it's that roster that's going to continue to get better. You have two freshman offensive tackles. Will Campbell's going to be a pro bowler for a long time. Reminds me of Taylor Lewan a little bit in the way he plays. I think LSU, LSU and Georgia right now, obviously Alabama, to me, Tennessee, we still got to see it. You still got to prove it to me, baby. You showed them to me once. I need to see them twice to make sure I wasn't dreaming. But those are the two teams right now I'd be the most worried about. Yeah, and the way that the way that Brian Kelly has really turned them around since the beginning of the season is very impressive too. Uh, you know, just seeing everything that they've gone through. But Kevin, doubt. we'll go ahead and we'll go ahead and kick it over to you before letting Jake depart from us. All right, Jake. A uh, couple of things for you. First, you know, there's something that's been bothering me all season, and that has to do with Ohio State specifically that they got yeah. to play eight home games. That <laughs> is grossly unfair to me. I don't see why that's allowed. What's your take on that? Uh, look, I, I'm with you. Uh, I, I agree. That's We haven't really talked about that on the show, but that's something that I, I don't understand how that happens. Like, I, I you, you guys know as well as I do, this is a very thought-out process when it comes to putting schedules together because there are moving parts, just like, you know, adding Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC is going to add a ninth conference game. It shifts around the schedules and who you play out conference. But how in the hell, when you have a 12-game season, are you playing two-thirds of the games at home? Uh, that's just, again, I, I'm with you. Uh, that should never happen. And it just so happens to happen to Ohio State. It didn't happen to Florida Atlantic, you know, or Rice. It happened right. to Ohio State. Exactly it's, right. it, that is funny. <laughs> so, okay, so, uh, that's a great answer. And the second thing is, you know, uh, it was mentioned earlier, I'm a Clemson guy. And yeah. uh, we kind of saw how things looked a lot different when uh, Cade Plebnik came into the game. Is that something that you could see going forward that 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 him and him alone is going to transfer that team? Uh, look, hey, yeah, yeah. I, I think Cade's a better option than DJ at this point, and it is what it is. I, I think Cade's got a really bright future. He's a kid I was high on coming out of high school. I think he's got a lot of the leadership qualities that you want, but he also can make all the throws. I mean, his arm's strong enough foul to throw the whole shot against cover two or pump the double post in there when the safety redirects. Uh, but I love his ability to run. The thing about Clemson is, where, wh what happened to the T. Higgins and the Justin Rosses and the Travis Etienne's? I'm out there looking at, I mean, hell, even Hunter Renfro. I mean, he looked like he was about to sell you a Bible, and then he just hits you for a touchdown on a sag route. So, wh Will Shipley, look, you're a good player, but Will Shipley should not be the best offensive player on Clemson's team. Where are all these witches at? I see you guys recruiting and bringing in that could, you know, <laughs> Again, go make the plays that we talk about in the big moments against elite athletes. I think he's got to embrace the portal. I think he's got to embrace Juco if he has to. Uh, 
I, Clemson, they better watch out because Shane's not playing around over there in Sacramento. He isn't over there just for handshakes and kissing babies. That dude's got some dog in him, and, and a lot of people don't realize it. All right. Well, that was that was pretty much all we were gonna get out of Jake. I guess he he, he left us uh, without me even being able to to kick him out. But for those who don't know who Jake is, Jake Crane is the host, uh, one of the hosts of Crane and Company. Uh, I do have a link down in the description for you to go over and check him out. Him and his crew, they do an amazing job covering really all sports, but they cover cover college football very well, uh, which is perfect. That's why we wanted him on the show. But I do appreciate Jake coming on uh, and taking the time out. Uh, and I appreciate uh, Reed and his in-laws for allowing him to to step away for a little bit and, and and come and talk a little bit of football with us. But we'll go ahead and jump into some of this. I know we've all kind of already discussed some of it with Jake, but we're going to jump in a little deeper. Um, but before we do so, I do want to give a little shout out to our friends over at Righteous Felon. Righteous Felon Craft uh, Jerky. They have some amazing products. Uh, if you go over to RighteousFelon.com and use code BellyUp, you can get 15% off. They have some of the best jerky I think I've ever tasted. And I actually have some here on my desk with me. Uh, this is actually one of my favorites. I got uh, another order with like more of this. Uh, this one's the Habanero Escobar. Uh, it is definitely some of the best. It's got a little bit of a kick. Um, they've got some others in there that have uh, a decent little kick and a little spice in it, if you like that. Um, but, you know, they've, they've got all kinds of flavors. They've got some barbecue ones, uh, just really good jerky. Some of the best jerky on the market, especially for how much you get compared to the prices uh, they, they do have a great product. So again, go over to righteousfelon.com and use code BELLYUP for 15% off. Uh, we appreciate them for sponsoring the show and for sponsoring the college football portion. Um, well, let's get into it. We've got some college football New Year's Six, New Year's Six Bowl games coming up. Uh, we've got some very exciting ones. We've got the Orange Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, Cotton Bowl, and the Rose Bowl. And then, of course, we've got the two playoff games. But we're going to first start about the start off with these uh, top four, the, the you know those who who aren't in the playoffs. Uh, let's go ahead and start off with the Orange Bowl. We've got Clemson versus Tennessee. That's at 7 p.m. Central time on December 30th on ESPN. It's going to be a great game. Uh, it's it's one of those that we, we take a look at Tennessee. They're going to be without Hendon Hooker, obviously. Uh, Clemson now, uh, DJU, has now gone into the, the transfer portal and transferred over to, to – uh, uh, I'm drawing a blank. Oregon State. Oregon uh, so, State is about yeah, as so far away from Clemson as you could possibly be. <laughs> Which is listen, hey, listen, he went to a that's that's a match made in heaven. If anybody can figure out how to just listen, the receiving core, dude's a big, strong arm. And I'm not gonna lie, I kind of feel like Dabo gave up on two years ago, but that's a whole other ball game. I, I do like the move over there too. I I I think that fits him well. Uh yeah, what what you said, Jared, you got you got a good receiving core over there. Um, we'll, we'll probably touch on that a little bit here in a bit, but with this, this matchup, Clemson has struggled really all season. The defensive line hasn't been as, as good, uh, as we expected them to, but they still came out with a great schedule, you know, a great record overall. I don't think any team in the nation would be upset with the way that they ended. Uh, you know, just looking at Clemson, uh, you know, Kevin Wilson, I'm going to go ahead and start off with you. You know, what do you, what do you see with this bowl game coming up? How do you see your, 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 uh, Clemson Tigers doing in this game? Well, I uh, unofficially call this bowl the uh, South Carolina Loser Bowl because both of these teams lost to them, you know, on consecutive Saturdays. And yeah. so uh, it's going to be interesting to see what uh, what's going to happen in this game. There are some players that decided, you know, they opted into the draft and all that. And, and you mentioned about the defense earlier. And um, let's see, Miles Murphy and Trenton Simpson – both are not going to play. 
that hurts their defense. The defense, to me, is the uh, strength of their team. And so that, that concerns me a little bit. And then over on Tennessee's side, you've got the wide receiver, Jalen Hyatt over there. Hyatt, I guess that is. Yeah, and um, he's not going to play in this game. So that hurts Tennessee's offense, which is their strength of the in their game. And so I think this is going to be a great game. It seems to me that the uh, the line is starting to slide a little bit because it was Clemson's and minus seven earlier. Now it's minus five and a half. And so I think this is going to be a very interesting game. You've got offense, you've got against defense, you got strength against kind of a strength and then going on in this game. And uh, I'm going to try not to be too big of a Clemson homer, but uh, if uh, if Clemson's offense can be what they were in that second half against North Carolina in that ACC title game, I think that Clemson can take this game. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. Uh, and I, I find it ironic, uh, and I, I think I'm just now realizing it, but that it's the Orange Bowl with the two Orange teams going against each other. That's um, right. I'm, <laughs> but I'll go ahead and open it up to you guys. What what do we have going on in this in, in this Orange Bowl game? Uh, listen, I'm not oh. too worried about strength versus strength on this one. I mean, Tennessee losing Hyatt and their quarter and uh, Hooker, it's it really hurts them. That was their offense for the majority of the year, that's and their right. defense. Hooker, was, that's right. Their defense was terrible. They were not a good yeah. defensive team. They gave up 49 to Alabama on a down year for Alabama's offense. They Won that game off a last-second field goal. And I think DJU leaving is addition by subtraction. Cade Klubnik is the better quarterback. I've been saying Absolutely. all year he should have been starting from the beginning. DJU was terrible last year. I think it's going to be Clemson, and I don't think it's going to be particularly close. I think the biggest loser, though, is going to be America's pupils after watching all this goddamn orange. It's gonna be painful. <laughs> <laughs> they I might want to put on some sunglasses. Just make it a color rush and have both teams wear all orange. There you I go. Gonna say, be, what's gonna be worse is Clemson's. You're guaranteed Clemson's wearing purple. You're guaranteed in this one. Clemson's gonna wear that. Oh, guaranteed royal purple. There we go. There's the purple right It's the Clemson all the way. That ugly jersey, man. Oh my god. Either way, I will say this about this game. Don't rag on the jersey. All right. Hey, too listen, late. Yeah, yeah, too late. <laughs> My hate. I'm. I'm legacy of Clemson. I still hate that school. Um, I will say oh, this damn. off the rip right now is that when I look at <sighs> Clemson as a whole, and everyone's blaming on DJU. DJ was terrible. Kevin was right. He was. Anybody else just think maybe Dabo can't develop quarterbacks to save his life? Like Deshaun came in a prime prospect and left oh, a prime prospect. Trevor Lawrence was QB Jesus. We all established this. But Taj Boyd had all the makings of being an NFL quarterback off the gap, but he never developed. Trevor, from his freshman to his senior year, never really developed. I've seen him develop more than Doug Peterson in one season. They did his entire time at Clemson. Deshaun Watson, year one to Houston to year three under Bill O'Brien. Say what you want about Billy O and his inefficiency as GM or an OC, if you ask Kevin for Alabama. But my biggest thing about Maybe DJU ain't the problem. And the same thing has happened with this Cade kid who now is going to be in the center on the center stage against Tennessee, who has been told the entire month their season's over and they have no shot because their Heisman runner up caliber quarterback Hayden Hooker's out. And they're also missing a receiver as well. 
oh, 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 now they might actually pull this off. And the biggest thing is, like, anybody else realize Clemson almost lost to Syracuse? <laughs> like, everyone's forgetting that one. Like, I've been wait, what, what, two months ago? I just say there's a lot to this game to unpack. And if I'm a Clemson fan, I'm really hoping this KK comes out and starts slinging the ball around like a freaking rocket because it, it could get bad. Yeah, uh, and Blake, I know you and I, we, we talked quite a bit throughout the season uh, about yeah. DJU and K Klubnik and, you know, about what our thoughts were. And it, it was a weird roller coaster. Uh, I, I know Kevin knows how much it was, I'm sure even more so as, as a fan, but it was a weird right. roller coaster Especially of emotions. Notre Dame, that was a sad day in this house. <laughs> so, I mean, you, you just, you see, you see the way that DJU is just inconsistently great really it's not even it's not even inconsistently good it's like he has a great game and then a horrible game no in between uh, but Blake I'll go ahead and let you take the floor a little bit because I know we talked a little bit about uh, you know DJU and, and that quarterback room over there in Clemson don't let being treated for pain be a pain come to downtown's healthcare 950 17th street in Denver find out how to reduce pain naturally without surgery without drugs call downtown's healthcare 303-292-9992 now in Lowry or downtown Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Yeah, Josh, you know, I was calling for Cade at the very beginning of the year, man. I said by week three, he should be the starter. Um, DJU, man, I just – I never saw it. Like, you watch him in the pocket. His his footwork is just all over the place. Uh, he keeps his eyes down at the line. Uh, he, he, You can see, man, he's not looking through the first to the second to the third read. And it just looked like a struggle, man. It looked like a struggle both years. Uh, and then we saw Cade in that Georgia Tech game week one. He come in, and it looked like the Clemson offense had found something. And they marched right down the field against Georgia Tech. Uh, he only, I think he only threw the ball like three or four times that drive, but uh, he was crisp with it. You know, uh, his pocket awareness, he was climbing the pocket, rolling out. Uh, it, everything looked crisp. Uh, Dabo sticks with DJU, and we know the rest is history. But my thing with this game, man, is uh, overthrow Joe, man. Joe Milton, it's your time. Uh, with Hen and Hooker leaving, uh, you know, and they have a highly touted prospect coming up, it's your time. And and uh, he's actually getting to practice with Tennessee at the Orange Bowl. Uh, he's eligible to play, actually. So, you know, Joe Milton, it, it's, his, it's his show right here. Uh, you know, this is this is his time to take over QB1 at Tennessee, in my opinion, and a good showing. Uh, would go a long way with Josh Heupel, so that's what I'm really focusing on in this one. Yeah, Tyler, you've been you've been a little quiet. How, what you got going on with this game? Yeah, I was uh, all on Tennessee going into this matchup, but after the opt outs, I just can't go after them anymore. Offensive production mm. is just no longer there anymore. Jalen Hyatt's not playing this game. Cedric Tillman's not playing this game, so they pretty much have to go either for Joe Millen or go for Jalen Wright, uh, the star running back of Tennessee. So. I think, like you mentioned, it was mentioned earlier that Tennessee's defense isn't the best defense that Clemson is going to be facing all season. This secondary 
hasn't been able to to really get torn apart. So I think the advantage, especially with Klubniak being the guy, DJU, I know that a lot of y'all are saying that is a good fit at Oregon State. I personally don't think it is. Ben Golverson really lit it up against Florida. I know it's Florida's defense, and Florida's defense was one of the worst in the SEC, but it's not going to be you're just going to walk in there and get the job. you got to be able to, to compete for the job. I was personally yeah. thinking that Hawaii – would be would have been the place for him since he's from there. Like he could have easily gone to Hawaii, but now at Oregon yeah. State, Oregon State's going to be a team in the Pac-12 that's going to be with the likes of Utah and Oregon and, and USC competing for the Pac-12 championship next year. So I don't think it's going to be as easy mm-hmm. of a job to get. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that you bring that up too. I mean, that, that is interesting to think about the the competition that's going to be there and it's it's definitely something that i hope dj you thought of before going over there instead of maybe getting too high of a head but uh kelsey did you have more to add on with this game yeah so i actually kind of want to double back on on what everybody's talking about with DJU. so you know uh we, we've all seen the show like qb1 under the lights right yeah so mm-hmm. you know did you know DJU was on that show behind yeah. real mitchell we all know real mitchell the story of him he ends up at temple now um uh, couldn't keep a starting out. He could DJU couldn't beat out Rayal Mitchell. Who thought that DJU could go to Clemson? Where, by the way, Dabo, you want to talk about not recruiting, has only had one five-star offensive tackle in his entire tenure at Clemson that he mm. didn't inherit. You're going to tell me that you're going to get a quality quarterbacks that just stagnate because you don't get an offensive line. You stop recruiting receivers because you kind of just inherit them because you you know you're recruiting class, <laughs> and you're going to tell me DJU is going to be a quality guy. No, it's sorry, not going to happen. Um, this is kind of the, the, the ultimate chance for Dabo to kind of prove himself in my eyes. I think this is a bigger Dabo situation right now going on than this yeah. is anything to do with Clemson players. Um, uh, as far as Tennessee goes, let's not forget they have the 18th best rush game in the, in, in the nation this year. So when it comes to who cares about their receivers and who cares about their quarterback, you got to exist for 1.8 seconds to hand the ball off to the, to the running back and see what he does, because we all know Clemson's not stopping anybody this season. Uh, running, running the ball, so it's going to be a fun. It'll be a fun game on the ground. What Cade? I think uh, Klebney can can be the difference maker at the end of the day. Uh, it's not going to be defensively. Um, so the, he has the he has the two he has the best chance out of either quarterback to really make a difference. But um, I think he does. But I just I, I you want to talk about problems with these two teams? I mean, Jared, you mentioned Deshaun coming in. He 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 kind of stagnated there. Justin, uh, you know, um, Lawrence. He got there stagnated. Also want to throw in another name, Connor Bryce. Everybody remember him? Uh, yeah, transferred away. Mm-hmm. It goes to App State, leads them to their biggest upset in, in their in their history. Over te- now, now we know Texas A&M was terrible, but still doesn't matter at the time. <laughs> um, you know, it, it was still their biggest upset in, in history. So, like, and he's a he's now turned himself into an NFL prospect, like he was supposed to be. Um, so, I, I think there's more issues with Clemson than player personnel. I think you're looking at Dabo, and you know, as the number one issue there. And if, if anybody's ignoring that fact, I think they're just playing ignorant at this point in time. It's it's bad, and it's not getting better at Clemson. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I think the the passing defense is really what you have to look at, especially I know we brought up Tennessee's defense. I think the passing defense is mainly the one you have to look at uh, as far as the defense goes. And then with, with uh, the, you know, you brought up the, the run game, Kelsey. I think you have to look over uh, with with – uh, you know, with uh, Clemson's defensive line, that's the that's the thing we expected to stand out this year. That's the one thing that we we thought would would pull up, but it, it just didn't really show out the way that we expected them to. Uh, do you have something well, there, Kev? Yeah, I just biggest upset in their history. Biggest? Are we forgetting <laughs> for a certain State? game? No, 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 no. For, for App State, seven against for amazing State, yes. blue team. 
because of the ranking, because of the ranking of Texas A&M at the time that they played. Yes, it is a bigger upset than the Michigan. Michigan was Michigan. number two. I was gonna say I was. I thought it was number ten. That was the Chattanooga. My apologies. My apologies. My apologies. App State. But let me rephrase that. Then biggest upset since they've joined history lessons here tonight. Since they since they become since they become an FCS team or FBS team. This I was about to say they were D one at that time too, but they were they were FCS at the time. So sorry. Actually, they were Armani Edwards at the time technically. Well, yeah, but you know what. Calm down over there, Bammer. Calm down. Yeah. I'm glad he's keeping you in line, Kelsey. I know, I know. My apologies that I was, I, I was, I, I hearkened back before my time, and and you know, Kelsey, you're older uh, than both of us. I know. <laughs> All I right, let's let's it. let's move on to the Sugar Bowl. This is another one I think is going to be really fun. This is probably my the one that I'm most excited about. Just watching K State. I'm a I'm an Oklahoma fan. I like the Big Twelve. I'll be rooting for K State in it, even though I don't think they stand a chance. But Looking at the at the Sugar Bowl, number nine Kansas State against number five Alabama. Uh, this is one on December thirty first as well. Uh, it's a noon game. So looking at this game, I see K State as being one of the teams. If you look at all the bowl games, I think they're one of the teams that probably has the highest uh, percentage of fans around the nation, kind of counting them out completely because they're going against Alabama and they they are outnumbered before. We saw that, uh, you know, with Bryce Young uh, opting into the game, and there there's quite a few others that are still uh, not opting out of the game, I guess I should say. There's quite a few other key players for Alabama. I really don't think K-State stands a chance, but I think that hate towards K-State is what gives them a little bit of a chance. And I think that's why I'm so excited to see this, because K-State's done that all year. They've proven everybody wrong. And, you know, though I think some saw – the potential out of K-State to go to the Big 12 championship. I don't know how many really picked them to win the Big 12 championship in the beginning of the year to where they are now. So looking at this game, I guess we'll kind of go around table and see what we think about the Sugar Bowl. Kevin, you I, mentioned I, think, I Bryce feel like Kevin should start back. this one out. Yeah, just like everyone. <laughs> you mentioned Bryce Young coming back. Will Anderson's also playing in the game. He said that he wouldn't feel right opting out of this game. Yeah. Alabama's pissed they missed the playoffs at the number five seed. They've heard all offseason or all season and all offseason. You know, Nick Saban's lost a step. He can't recruit as well anymore. So he hit the trail hard. They have the number one class in the country mm-hmm. right now. They're flipping guys from Georgia, from Iowa, from Ohio State. He is killing the recruiting trail. This game is going to take years off of my life. None of that matters. Deuce Vaughn is about to put <laughs> yeah. up a master class on the ground. He is going to rush for 180 yards in four touchdowns. And Bill O'Brien is going to call three consecutive screen passes when Alabama gets the ball with receivers who aren't good enough right now to take a screen pass 80 yards to the house like we've had in the past. This game's going to be painful. I think Alabama's going to win, but it's going to be by like two points. I, I totally agree. And and when you think about it too, so <coughs> Alabama's pissed off that they didn't make the, the playoffs. Uh, and if you back us up, uh, I, I know this because I'm an Oklahoma fan, if you back us up, I believe it was 2014. Alabama was pissed that they didn't make the national championship, uh, and you know everybody looked at Alabama and they said, "Oh, they're they're really mad. Uh, they're they're upset that they didn't get there. They're going to come in here and they're going to destroy Oklahoma in the Sugar Bowl. There's absolutely no chance for Oklahoma. Uh, they've got Trevor Knight in here, who's not that good of a quarterback, and Trevor Knight lit it up against that that Alabama defense that was supposed to be the ones to win that game. And that's why I look at this game and I say. I don't count K-State out. I, I don't think they're going to win, but that's kind of why I'm not counting them out. Uh, and, yeah, I, t- I totally agree with you, Kev, because you've got Deuce Vaughn back there. I'm not sure if Adrian Martinez is playing, but I think Howard's just just as good. 
uh, overall, but I think he's a better passer. Uh, and so, you know, just looking at the running that, you know, the, the, the running offense that they have, that's why I think this is one of the most exciting out of the new year six bowls. Yeah. For you, it's going to be painful for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a fun I'll... stat with, uh, with, with Bama and sugar bowls, by the way, that they don't, if they play in a sugar bowl, that is not a, for a national championship in, in we'll just, we'll just call it Nick Saban's era. They are Owen three or Owen two technically. Uh, if you harken back even further, Owen, that's three, right. There you go. In their Bring career, it. they're actually yeah. two and seven in Sugar Bowls that are not for national championships. Um, and just Sugar Bowls for national championships. Obviously, they win all the other measly Outback Bowls, whatever they want to win. Uh, but look, the one thing the one thing that, that is notorious with Nick Saban is he always has these bad years every four to five years. We, we get a bad year from him. This is, this is, this, all these talks about Nick Saban being out of it. Shut up. Like, like the people are idiots. Uh, they're thinking that I can attest to that as an Auburn fan. I can tell you that they're going to be back full, full, full board. Yes. Next year. It's going to be terrible. It's Hugh Freeze. Good luck next year. Uh, you got your, you know, but it's, it is one of those things that like he does focus too much on recruiting in these bad years though. So he's not like, honestly, Nick Saban doesn't care about this bowl game. Let's be honest. He's going to make his 10 million a year. No matter what, he's going to go back to his house in Georgia after the game, he'll be fine. You know who does care about this game, though? That's Deuce Vaughn. Uh, Kevin, you mentioned it. Deuce Vaughn is an absolute maniac with the ball. He has been tearing up defenses left and right. It doesn't matter who he goes up against. He is an absolute stud. Uh, give this man a chance to just tote the ball 20 times, and he's going to end up with 100-plus yards easily. Let me say one thing that uh, Jake brought up a couple times when he was here. Uh, he brought up the trenches a lot, tackles, guards, centers, whatever, um, defensive line. There's a little difference between uh, TCU's um, trenches and Alabama's. Alabama's got some hogs. Th- these dudes are five-star prospects that will literally bench press you through a wall. Um, the Big 12 passing league is a little different of a ball game. I'm going to say this. Deuce Vaughn's going to tear it up because he's a freak. But Alabama will win handily because of what's between the centers and who is playing quarterback for Alabama still as much as Bill O'Brien's a dummy when it comes to play calling, you still have one of the most three, three most talented quarterbacks in college football. Yep. It's going to be closer than Kevin wanted. So it's less than 50 points, but they will, they they will cover. They will do. Okay. This isn't going to be one of those losses to Trevor Knight in Oklahoma because that Oklahoma team was special regardless of how they finished. This is going to be against a K state team who got lucked out on a couple of, uh, hit or miss calls from the refs and from Lincoln Riley's little brother in that big 12 championship game. So that being said, uh, I got Bama rolling by at least two touchdowns. You have no faith in, in, in anything case they do you. <laughs> Dude, I bet against them all year and they screw me once. I was not happy. They should tell you to, to bet for them. One I time. went five and one against them this year. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Fellas. I, I want to say this, man, you know, um, obviously I'll be on Kansas state side, uh, pulling for the Wildcats. But you know who does care about this game? That's Bryce Young. All right. Uh, the guy's going to leave Alabama without winning a national championship. And he's arguably the greatest quarterback in Alabama history. Uh, the things he does each and every Saturday, uh, you know, he, he's he's the greatest in my opinion. Uh, nine should – should have his damn jersey hung up. I mean, for, I he is the, basically the most well-rounded for sure. Dude, he he is he has carried 
a team for the past two years on his back. The dude should have back surgery, man. Uh, <laughs> the things that he's done, uh, he's incredible. And, you know, everybody's saying Deuce Vaughn, Deuce Vaughn. Yeah, he's going to get his, man. But, uh, you know, you, you got to stretch the ball vertically down the field uh, to beat Alabama. And and you got to have guys like Jalen Hyatt. You know, we saw what he did. And, and I just – I don't think Kansas State has the dogs, man. I, I really don't. I think Will Anderson – and Bryce Young are just going to be too much. They're going out, man, and and they want to leave their stamp. They got left out of the playoffs. And another thing about Bryce Young, man, I've been hearing this Will Levis is better than Bryce Young at number one overall in the draft. Yeah, Give me a break, man. I'm so tired of hearing Mel Kuyper get on ESPN and talk <laughs> about how Will Levis is is going to get drafted over him. Uh, Bryce Young will have that in the back of his mind. And and I like Alabama by two TDs, maybe 17 points in this game. Ooh, against the 30th ranked – Alabama's 32nd ranked pass – rush defense? Just Sorry, watch. Rush defense, not yeah. pass. Rush defense. Yeah. Just watch. They're terrible Just against watch. the rush. Tyler, I know terrible you're an SEC guy. What do you got with the, with the tide going up against Kansas State here? Yeah, I don't really expect this one to be a blowout. Either I just think that, especially with Will Howard, I think that he's got to be your guy here because he can be able to beat Alabama vertically. I mean, Deuce Vaughn, yeah. we know what he's going to do. He's going to show up on the field and go for a hundo and, and two touchdowns, uh, probably uh, in this game. But like we mentioned, I mean, Alabama and Sugar Bowls is, is kryptonite, uh, but I just don't see Alabama losing uh, this time, as, especially with Bryce Young. He's going to want to go out on a high note. I think that Jameer Gibbs is a guy that many people don't talk about. He's electric. He reminds me of another Alvin Kamara. He can do it all. He can both beat you on the run game and beat you in the receiving game. But I think really the downfall is the wide receiver room hasn't been the same as the past couple of Alabama teams. Like Jermaine Burton hasn't really done much. The Georgia transfer. So I just think that this is going to be one of the better uh, New Year's Six Bowl games. Uh, but in the end, Alabama in the trenches. Don't let being treated for pain be a pain. Come to Downtown's Healthcare, 950 17th Street in Denver. Find out how to reduce pain naturally without surgery, without drugs. Call Downtown's Healthcare, 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown. Too much. Yeah, uh, just for time's sake, we'll hurry up and, and jump over. We've got the Cotton Bowl. I don't have too much to say on this one. The Cotton Bowl, uh, USC versus Tulane. I think USC just has too much talent. Um, what, what do you guys have on that one? I'm it's going to be the late. Caleb Williams show. Yeah, Caleb wow. Williams. Yeah, Caleb Williams. Wow. Just, just, I'm, I'm going show. with the upset. I don't know about y'all. I'm oh, really? Yeah, I was going to say, too late. Have, have we, we not heard of, seen a better story in college Cajun football last season? you drinking down there? <laughs> <laughs> There's not a better story in, in college football the last two seasons in Tulane. Have guys. we seen like, oh, yeah. USC's defense, though? Like, they couldn't make any tackles against Utah. I mean, Michael Pratt is, you know, he can do it all. So, I think that Tulane's defense uh, – it's, it's, he's going to have to get into offensive shootout if Tulane wants yeah. to win this game. Tulane yeah. has three three defensive starters that are going in the top two rounds. Yeah, easy, yeah. I mean, yeah, easy Tulane is that they're going in the top two. Tulane I, is a I, great team for for where they're coming from. I just think when yeah. you compare the, I mean, like Tyler, you said it. I think it's going to be a shootout. That's that's why that's what I see in this game. But I mean, it's just gonna it's going to be a very high scoring game. So absolutely smash the over. Um, but I just I don't see how that Tulane defense is going to be able to, to withstand up against as much power and, uh, you know, the, the schemes that Lincoln Riley is going to throw out there. I don't see how you're going to be able to stop them. And then on top of that, you have Mario Williams and uh, uh, Addison. You've got just crazy wide receiver core to, to stop there. I, I don't know if they're going to be fast enough to, to be able to keep up with them. 
Let's not forget simple. Oklahoma's uh, first uh, game last season was against the same Tulane team, and it was yeah. pretty mm-hmm. dang close. And Tulane it went was. two and ten last season, and they flipped and, the script this year. And they also beat Kansas State earlier in the in the season yeah. as well, which is something mm-hmm. else to take into to. Let's let's yeah. let's not forget also Caleb Williams's hamstring. Like say all you will, but that hamstring doesn't go away in a month. That that Maybe hamstring's not. gonna be nagging him and all it takes is one wrong move and he's mm-hmm. back to being a statue again. Also, let's not act like Addison has done anything at USC. Yeah, he's, he's he might be the worst he's of their transfers. Maybe the biggest flop I've seen since maybe like the Tate Martell era for those Miami fans. <laughs> no, 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 he's not that bad. Oh, oh, oh he's not no, that bad. No, definitely not that bad. Yeah, yeah at least <laughs> Jared, yeah, like, like he at least scored touchdowns. And Tate saw scored a touchdown. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Oh, as a God, running was, back, yeah, as I, a running I do. Back, th- he scored a touchdown. <laughs> I do think he has the potential and the speed uh, to be able to beat that two lane defense. So that's the only reason why I bring him up in the mix. Um, but let's let's go ahead and jump over Rose Bowl. We've got Utah versus Penn State. I think this is a very fun one. It Rose Bowl is always fun watching the Pac-12 go against the Big Ten. Uh, what right. do you guys go, got going on for the Rose Bowl here? The home state, Utah Utes. All Utah right. Utes. U- Utah. That's what, I was born in Utah. I tried not to be too big of homers. I was earlier. But uh, when you look at Penn State, show me their signature win this year. Yeah. I don't see it. I do not see a signature win yeah, by Penn State all year long. They beat and a so, five and seven Auburn team. I know, yeah. That's like, but that's like the okay. biggest win. That's like that's, like, that's, that's what I was going to go to as well. <laughs> they beat Auburn, and you got to give them points. They went down and, and they played Auburn in Auburn. How many other Power Five, you know, schools would be willing to do that? Yeah. How many, However, yeah, I mean, Auburn was this not Auburn this about. year, unfortunately. So yeah. they don't have a signature win. Utah has at least two. Because they put it on USC. They beat them twice, whether it was at home, it was in Vegas, wherever it was. And uh, Cam Rising, that's just got to be one of the great names in all of college sports. And uh, I think he's going to cool down there and just put on a show. They got their feet wet last year against Ohio State in that Rose Bowl last year. And so I think that you know exactly what they're getting themselves into. And I think that Penn State's going to find themselves completely outclassed in this game. Yeah, I, I definitely see the Utes uh, coming away with the win pretty, pretty handedly. Just because, like what what you bring up, I think the only good game that we can see from Penn State is that they got close to Ohio State, who has been a very struggling team this year. Uh, and like you mentioned earlier, an Ohio State team team who has been at home for most of their games. Right. You, you, Ohio State had a one game season, and they couldn't even win that game. Yeah. Cam Rising is not going to get injured this year like he did against Ohio State. That changed the game last year, despite yeah, sure how did. well the backup did. But you know that they were they were easily walking the dog on on Ohio State last year with Cam Rising, and now, well, now nah, it's I feel bad for Penn State. Let's just put it that way. Is Sean Clifford still the starter at Penn State? Yeah, he's been there for uh, ten all, years. Yeah. Yeah, that's all I need to know. He's the standard of Penn State. Yeah. Bro, ain't there yeah, – ain't I, there? Wait, who is it, JT Daniels on his, like, eighth team in eight seasons? Like, guys, oh, like, man, just transferred to Rice. That. I saw that. He just yeah. transferred yeah. to Rice. What is he, like, 35 or something? <laughs> I think JT Daniels might be my age. Like, seriously, I'm, I'm <laughs> I've been out of college for almost four years at this point, or maybe five. Oh, that's a Bennett's your age. I know he is. Hey, that's the, the male, male man. man. Don't yeah, talk about prepping, the mill, man. <laughs> he's prepping for his uh, job at the USPS after he's done. I, I want to pick Penn State for this because my co-host is went to Penn State. 
I am never putting any money. I'm never putting my faith in Sean Clifford. If Penn State yeah. wants any <sighs> chance to win, they need to start the true freshman five-star Drew Aller. That's the yeah. only chance they have to win this game. Sean Clifford is never going to win you a big game. And hand the ball say, off to the like, freshman running back. Yes, that's, that's, your, yes. that's your job. Yep. I'm thinking to myself, keep the like, ball wait, in his hand. Isn't there? Doesn't Penn State have like a five-star quarterback? They've been like hiding in the wings, and then Kevin just brought it up. Yeah, this is Utah. Like they they're gonna. I watched what they did to USC, and yeah, um, forget what they did in that first game against Florida. Forget that. Yeah. After no, that, like, losing by two points to Florida, they've been yeah, a Florida. solid. That's that's team a, all that's all AR man. That's that, there's nothing else about it. Yeah. That is all. That is <laughs> Mr. Richardson. There was no Gators about it except for Anthony Richardson there. So yeah, Penn State bought Penn State's gonna get their heads kicking. I, I, I think Utah's program is predicated off being the most physical Pac 12 team, and Penn State's is being off of the softest Big 12 Big Ten team. So mm-hmm. I, yeah, I mean, that's I like why, I'll rest my hat there. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't uh, totally disagree with you at all. Uh, let's go ahead and jump into the playoffs. We've got a, a really fun playoffs, and it's one of those, it's one of those years too where I like this playoff matchup, uh, or really just both these playoff matchups, because I feel like it's the first time in a while that there really wasn't too much arguing about who could or couldn't be into the playoffs. I know Alabama wanted to say that they deserved to be in there, but that really wasn't an argument. Um, but you know, overall. You you look at it. I don't I don't like Ohio State in there, but I also just don't know how to keep them out because they should have had their shot in the Big Ten championship if you take divisions out. Um, so let's go ahead and start off with that one. Let's start off with Ohio State uh, versus Georgia, which is December thirty first uh, at seven p.m. Central Time for those who are wondering. But uh, what do you guys got going for the for the Georgia Ohio State? Don't overthink it. Let's not, yeah, let's not overthink, overthink this one. Yeah. Don't, if, if Georgia don't. shows up. They win the game, and there's no reason right. to think that they won't. I I don't want to I don't want to talk about I I don't want to talk about the outside matchups between cornerbacks and receivers because there are some players uh, the receivers for Georgia can beat zone, which is all that the cornerbacks for Ohio State are good at. Yeah. Whereas the 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 Georgia corners those are man those are man up corners. You put Keely Ringo in a zone, he gets lost. He doesn't go play in zone unless it's a blowout, a la Florida. Uh, in, in the game. So look, this is going to be straight up a, a mono a mono man versus man matchup. And when you look at it across the board, the more physical of the two is going to be Georgia hands yeah. down. Uh, the only problem I can see is Stetson Bennett and whether or not he decides to be Stetson Bennett, I'm going to throw three interceptions in the first half or Stetson Bennett. I'm going to be the smart person and throw the ball to Brock Bowers every time he's open. Yeah. We brought this up on my show uh, last, last night. And I said, with describing the Buffalo Chicago game, Buffalo is just playing with their food for the first half. And then they started kicking their teeth in. This is what is going to happen with this game. Let's not overthink it here. Like Kelsey said, the trenches are the biggest thing. And Jake said it perfectly. When he was on here. Yeah. Ohio state does not have the physicality up front that Georgia oh, has. Jalen Carter is a Asgardian bred from Thor and Heimdall. Sure, this man. dude is a freak <laughs> athlete. There's no, he's a superhero. Like there, there's nothing else to describe him. So let's not reiterate the fact that like CJ Stroud got like was getting it bum rushed by the entire Michigan defensive line at one point for that entire second half. Like let's also put the perspective that this is one of the worst Ohio State offensive lines in like the last five years. So yeah. let's not overthink this one. <laughs> So everyone's saying don't overthink this. I did overthink it. <laughs> well, that's your mistake. <laughs> no team in college football history has lost by more than 20 at home and went on to win the national championship later that year. 
to find well, a that, team. Yeah, that that stands the reason. Uh, you have Miami in 1983 did lose by 25 at Florida in week one. They went on to win the national championship. But to find another loss that bad, you have to go back to the days of the Weimar Republic when Pitt lost by 33 in the Rose Bowl to USC. And prior to that, you need to go before World War I where Princeton lost by 24 to Yale at Manhattan Field. No team has ever lost this badly as Ohio State did to Michigan and then went home with some hardware. So Ohio State has no chance in this game. Their team I, cannot I, be that bad. I just want to be the first one. I'm, I'm loving it. Never seen why did you life? talk about? I'm why did you have to go like I overthought true. this and then go down the normal path? Have the worst. Because I overthought it and still came to the same conclusion. So anyone yep. overthinking it is just extremely biased towards Ohio State. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 I just love I love the. Uh, I have, I have a friend who's an Ohio Ohio State out. fan. I'll let him do all the thinking on that one, and I'll just sit there and say Georgia and close the book. <laughs> Tyler, I know you're an SEC guy. What do you got going on for that one? Yeah, I'm not overthinking this one. This is a de facto Georgia home game uh, in the ATL in their backyard, <laughs> and Georgia's mm-hmm. just going to shut down Ohio State's offense. We can talk about Marvin Harrison all we want, but last time we were thinking, oh, Tennessee has the best offense in the country, and they only scored 13 points against the same Georgia defense. So Stequavius Bennett is going to show up uh, and be a dog. So I think that Georgia's going to win this one. There's always a blowout game. There's always a close game. This is going to be the blowout game in the playoff. Yeah, I was waiting for the the home game to be brought up into it. But let's jump over to the Peach Bowl. Or uh, Sorry, that was the Peach Bowl. Let's jump over to the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, Number two, Michigan is against number three, TCU. This is one we talked about a little bit earlier. I do see that this could be the one that we see the upset game. Uh, I, I do. I do genuinely see TCU because of the way they've played compared to Michigan, who's losing Blake Corum. Uh, they don't have him in this game, and that's basically their the entirety of their defense. You know, relying on him, but they were able to overcome Ohio State. So I'm not counting them out or anything. I just see that this could be the upset uh, in in this playoffs. But I like TCU in this game. I'm just not willing to put any bets on it. That's for sure. Oh, I'm slamming money on TCU. You can't be mad, mad Max Duggan. That top three is Jake said receiving core. And the fact that Michigan has been sitting pretty for the last three months after they basically slept sleepwalk through Purdue. Oh my mm. Lord. This, this smells great. If I'm looking for an upset, I feel Here's like Jerry's just that guy that he sees plus 300 and he's like, smash it. Dude, I'm, I'm <laughs> that, is, that is Jared. That is me. Kelsey and Kevin have been on my show enough times. They know that I will throw money at it, upset this bet. Also, watching Max Duggan with a heart issue lead that team yeah. down the field and score right. just to watch Mike. I think it's Mike Riley, right? That's the that's the Texas A and Texas TCU OC Lincoln Riley's brother, whatever his Garrett. name is, Garrett Riley. Garrett whatever Riley. It doesn't matter. Yeah, his name's irrelevant because yeah. his coaching Riley. play his yeah. play call is irrelevant. He's a Riley, and like his brother, he choked when it mattered. That mm. was atrocious at goal line. But, and it was disrespectful to Max Duggan how hard he played. But this TCU team, they are that. They remind me a little. I'm not going to say they're going to win because Georgia's going to probably stop them in the championship. But they remind me of that Ohio State team in 2014 that came in and just was like so revved up. They ran through their opening game. That's mm. the kind of vibe I get off of them right now. So, you know, give me TCU. I love how they're playing and their outside threats just look like they could keep up. Their speed yeah. can match Michigan's physicality. Yeah, it's going to be hard to yeah. stop Glenn Johnson. Yeah. The only uh, thing I'll say is TCU cannot do as they've done all season, and that starts slow. No. 
They cannot do that against Michigan and expect they're going to mount a comeback. We're we're going to have they to see the, the TCU that was going against Texas, but with a with a higher powered offense, obviously. Yeah. But you're you're going right. to have to see that. TCU they need to, they sure. need to be throwing punches right from the opening bell and let Michigan know we are here, and we are going to take it to you. And if they do do that, then I think they stand a puncher's chance of doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Guys, I, I wanted to hop in here and ask ask y'all uh, your thoughts on Sonny Dykes' comments and the heat that he has taken uh, just over the past couple of days about, you know, stopping the Michigan run game. And if you do that, you stop the offense. I mean, where was the lie? You know, I, I know a bunch of Michigan fans, they they throw up a clip of J.J. Uh, making a couple of throws against Ohio <laughs> State. But where was the lie? The lie was I mean, no – Yeah, the lie was the big Ohio State game out all year. Yeah. Let's be honest. It, it, the Big Ten championship against Purdue was not a big game. That was a no. It was not as much as I'd like to, you know, say, you know, because I also I grew up all over the place. I grew up in Indiana, so I'd like to say, hey, Purdue, but no, they were not a they weren't a challenge whatsoever no. against Michigan. I think they were seven and four this year, if yeah, I remember and, right. Which you know, in Purdue, you'll take that each and every single year. You'll take that, but yeah, we're yeah. not. That's, not 11 and 0 or 12 and 0 or any of that other stuff. And so uh, TCU, they they got punched in the mouth by Kansas State right from the opening gun. So they were in a game. They played hard. Well, and, and Kansas so, State's a, a tough team. No matter no matter what year you're going against them, too. I don't I don't remember a, a year where K State hasn't been a tough team to to go against. Um, but well, yeah, I mean that was like that. that was definitely well, a much more deserving. Had a coach like Bill Schneider who coached him until yeah. he was what eighty nine years old or whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to have to be strong. Yeah. So. yeah. I, I it, look as much as Sonny Dykes is right. The problem is, can you actually stop this run game? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. let's be honest. <laughs> true. Donovan Donovan Edwards is running with a broken hand, like he's a man possessed. That just it doesn't happen. You don't you don't just run with a broken hand ever and, not, and have a half cast on. That's Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Are you suffering from chronic joint or back pain? Downtown's Healthcare in Denver offers effective alternative therapies that are non-invasive, non-surgical, and drug-free. Start your journey to a pain-free life. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. Like, off, uh, defensive linemen do that. Running backs, have you, has anybody ever seen a running back run with a half cast on before that game? Because honestly, outside of Kenyon Drake and that wrist, the wrist guard during the, yeah. the national championship, I have not seen another running back run with a, a at that level of a protection on his on his arm, and has a successful game. Rich so, Castle, he 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 corrected me. I guess twenty fifteen K State sucked, but yeah. So I guess that was the only one I can think of. You know, every team has a year. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, like, you suck. Outside, I mean, like outside of Donovan Edwards, like you got Leon Franklin still back there as well. So you still have and, and JJ can still run the ball. Let's not kid ourselves and thinking he can't. Um, he, he is still capable, he, and that's just it. He doesn't have to. Throw the ball, and I kind of feel like it's the same as if you look at Georgia. Stetson Bennett doesn't have to really throw the ball either; he can just run the ball and watch that run game go. And Michigan's in the same way. It's just 
watch the run game yeah. go and see if you can stop it. And TCU, look, I, as great as their offense is, their defense does struggle against a high-powered run game. Look at K-State, for example. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's going to be an interesting game. I'd, I'd, I'd say I get TCU, TCU on the spread because it's pushing a nine-point spread now. But is that what it is? Me, it was seven and a half when I looked at it. So it was seven nine. and a half when it started. Seven and a half on on FanDuel, but pushing nine on some of the other sports books. But then give yeah. me Michigan and actually yeah. winning the game in this one. Well, you know what, guys? Uh, I hate to to end the college football discussion so soon, but I do appreciate each and every one of you guys for jumping on here, talking some college football. I'm glad Jake was able to jump on with us too. Um, yeah. But we're going to go ahead and kick it over to the NFL section. Uh, for those of you who who were here just for the college football, I appreciate all of you guys for jumping in, man. Um, but I'm going to oh. kick it over to Jared to bring up our other sponsor, Canna Dips, uh, the sponsor who's going to be sponsoring the second half of our NFL show. Yes. Well, folks, if you all know me. I do love my dip. I did coat mint for about like two years, but I realized it was terrible for my teeth. So what I did was I looked for solutions, couldn't find anything great until about two years ago. And I started seeing like jerkies and blue buffalo, something like that, but nothing, nothing ever stuck, right? Then Mike brings up, our boss brings up, Canada Dips, um, a CBD-based uh, dip company, all pouches, all made here in California. Oh, well, in this country, in California. Um, they're just an amazing company. Thousands, of, like not thousands, like a lot of different flavor combinations. I keep saying thousands because I thought that would sound great, but it doesn't. Caffeine-based, melatonin-based. You need to fall asleep, perfect for it. You need to take a chill pill, relax, pop a blue raspberry flavor, Arnold Palmer, cinnamon mango doesn't matter they have every flavor for your palate all available and free shipping over 50 bucks with belly up code belly up 20 for 20 percent off at checkout and listen these guys are so good they screwed up my order and shorted me i think two tins or one tin on my order i had back in october i dm them they literally sent me my entire order in full so basically 60 dollars on their dime just to keep me as a customer that's the kind of company we're working with here at belly up candidates.com Promo code corner booth. I'm not sorry, corner booth. Jesus Christ, I can't believe I screwed that up. Value <laughs> 20 for 20% off. I'm so used to rolling through both of them back to back. Either way, uh, official sponsor of Belly of Sports and this amazing Belly of Super Show, hosted by our friend Josh here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's I'm gonna pop one right now. I'm it's definitely a company I encourage for all of those, especially I know my brother is is one that you know he's he's been trying to kick uh you know the habit of dipping. You know, some of the tell bad him stuff that if, comes from Tell that. him to ch- check this out. If he's a mint yeah. guy or a spearmint guy like me, it's perfect. Absolutely. All right, so we're going to go ahead and kick it off and go over to NFL. I know some of you guys have, might have been watching, uh, waiting for the NFL talk. It is finally here. We do have a guest coming in uh, here in just a little bit. We're going to, you know, we're going to introduce him as he comes in. But we're going to first kick it over to a few other belly up sports uh personalities uh, and kind of let them introduce we'll go ahead and start off with captain lou he's been sitting there waiting for a little while how you doing i'm good thanks josh for inviting me to be on the show yeah uh, my name's captain lou i host the captain lou extravaganza on wednesday nights at seven o'clock we talk uh in season pro football and then of course anything else that uh, might be news and invite everybody to subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. And I also do a show on Tuesday nights called the ACHA Power Play American Collegiate Hockey Association. It's uh, the premier club hockey association in the country and also in Canada. Yeah, we're, we're glad to have you in, Captain Lou, and uh, kind of add to the NFL talk. 
Uh, I'm going to go ahead and add both Dustin and Ryan at the same time here, but I'll, I'll start off with you, Dustin, since it looks like you popped up first. Uh, go ahead and introduce yourself and what you do for Belly Up Sports. Hi, I'm uh, Dustin, and I co-host the No Credentials Required podcast with Ryan. He, uh, he leads our ship <laughs> on the show. I basically just come on and try to be entertaining. And sometimes I have outlandish pr- predictions, like predicting that the Baker Mayfield-led Carolina Panthers would make the wild card. <laughs> uh, I really, really uh, stuffed it on that one. <laughs> Man, <laughs> but, look how, uh, look how far that's come. <laughs> yeah, I'm thrilled right. to be on and uh, excited to talk some NFL. Yeah, we're glad to have you on. How are you doing, Ryan? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I, I feel underdressed with Dustin and uh, Captain Lou. Uh, Captain Lou's sporting the tie, man. I, mean, I, feel, yeah. underdre- I feel underdressed. <laughs> I just wanted to be able to breathe, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm excited for talking some NFL football. We did it last night on our on our program for Miller Christmas Required. We actually we actually moved it to last night so we could both be here tonight uh, on the awesome. football super show. So, so yeah, to, check out our YouTube channel too. We're usually on it Tuesday on Tuesdays at seven o'clock. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's it's exciting to have all of you guys on here to talk some NFL. Uh, I, I mainly watch college football. I do keep up with the NFL, obviously, and we talk a little bit about NFL on my show as well. We try to kick it around to all, all different sports, but I feel like we always get stuck on college. Um, but we're going to go ahead and start off and kind of take a look at the playoff look. Uh, right now, it's looking like those who are clinched anyways. Uh, in the AFC, we've got the Bills, Chiefs, Bengals, Ravens, and Chargers. Uh, and then over in the NFC, we've got the Eagles, Vikings, Niners, and Cowboys all clinched for the playoffs. They're they're in the playoffs, um, but then we've got some in the hunt. And I was just talking to my father-in-law over Christmas about how crazy the NFL is this year because we're this far into the season. And I know we have one extra game, but we're this far into the NFL season, and we've got a lot of teams that are still in the hunt. Uh, and, and that's really crazy, but uh, we'll kind of – jump around you know I, so for, for those who are in the hunt we've got the the jags dolphins pats jets titans steelers raiders uh bucks giants commanders seahawks lions packers panthers and saints that feels like basically the entire nfl uh is still in it um but we'll, we'll kind of go around uh you know and, and talk about who we think is in the hunt that could possibly make it in or maybe those who we we think that are definitely not going to i'll start off with you jared well, I'm going to start off with Captain Lou's Detroit Lions, man. They are a scary football team. I have been on the Lions bandwagon for two years now. Them and the Jacksonville Jaguars, these two teams that teams don't want to play right now. One, they have a coach they believe in. Two, their quarterback is playing semi-mistake-free football. Three, they run the football effectively. Everyone wants to talk about these passing offenses. You ever notice the teams that can run the football effectively, the ones that last long as the playoffs because they can control clock and keep the other quarterback off the field? On top of that, their defenses are playing semi-decent football and forcing turnovers. I watched that Jags team on Thursday night against Ryan's Jets and my co-host Jets just locked down. I mean, yeah, Zach Wills is not much saying much, but like they it was they held them to a field goal. I mean, Josh, you, me, and Captain Luke could line up behind an NFL offensive line, hopefully get at least 10 <laughs> yards. Like, this was awful. So what I'll say is I think the Lions, though, are the real threat. I think Jacksonville has a lot of talent. I think they could go a distance. My biggest thing is I think that the Detroit Lions play a brand of football that they can get in a shootout with a team or they can just hand off the Jamal and DeAndre and just run it down your throat for four quarters. It, they have the versatility on the offensive side of the ball, and their defense kind of reminds me of like – I don't even know how to – like 
the bend but don't break defenses. They have a yeah. decent pass rush, some okay playmakers. They're not going to beat you with defense, but they can hang in a game and keep the punches flowing. So I think Detroit's the, the big threat out of these teams in the hunt because they just don't fear anybody. Well, Jared, I would tend to agree with you, but I just think Detroit has uh, put themselves in too big of a hole. Uh, that game last week was – the Lions looked like the team that started out one and six. Carolina pushed them around like a bunch of rag dolls. I was shocked at you talk about being able to run through a hole. You and I and everybody in this panel could have ran through some <laughs> of those holes that Carolina ran on Sunday, giving up 365 yards on the ground against Carolina. Yeah, that kind of scares me a little bit. Now, maybe they were looking at the press clippings. I hope so. Uh, cause they've got Chicago coming up on Sunday. Hopefully they'll pack the place in Detroit. They need this win. You know, we need Minnesota to do them a favor and beat green Bay because I, as a Detroit fan, I don't want to have to go to Lambeau playing the Packers for a, a playoff spot. <laughs> but I think the big thing that's going to haunt Detroit is that loss to Seattle back, I don't know, a month or so ago when they had that lead and, uh, back when they were trying to figure out how to win and how to close games out. Seattle's got the tie break, and that's huge. Now, that tie also didn't help uh, Detroit because I don't think Washington's playing that great, but I just, gosh, I would love to share your enthusiasm, and as a Detroit Lions fan, I'd love nothing better to get in there because I do agree with you on their offense. They've got a great, a decent running attack, and they can throw the ball around, but I just – Man, that loss to Seattle is coming back to haunt them. They've got all the tie breaks with Green Bay, like I said. But yeah, I do. I, I do want to put a pause on our our discussion real quick. We are going to dive more into this real deeply, but I do want to get our guest in here real quick, just so we can talk to Marcus, mm-hmm. uh, and then that way we can let him go, so he doesn't have to sit around talk and listen to us talk for too long. Um, but I do want to introduce our guest. We've got Marcus Ogden. He's a former NFL offensive lineman, as well as the host of his own podcast. Uh, get authentic with Marcus Ogden. Marcus, how you doing, man? What's going on, fellas? You doing all right? Yeah, yeah. We're we're excited to have you in, man. Thanks for thanks very much for joining. No problem, man. I look forward to it. Yeah. So we were just kind of going around. Uh, I guess I'll kind of let each one of us kind of throw some questions at you about the NFL, uh, and then we'll also give you some time to kind of shout out your podcast as well. Uh, an amazing podcast. If you guys haven't heard of it, uh, get get authentic with Marcus Ogden. That's that's the name, right? Yes, correct. Yep. All right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it is an amazing uh, podcast where he interviews all kinds of personalities. Um, it's almost, I, I kind of compare it, you know, it's a more like a more formal version of the Joe Rogan podcast, in my opinion. Uh, that's, so. ex- that, that's exactly what I was going for. I mean, that's yeah. literally to the T what I was going for and our team was going for. Uh, awesome. I think Joe Rogan's great at what he does. Um, yeah. some, of his, some of his guests are a little bit eccentric. Uh, but I think the, the the message and methodology of different people, diverse backgrounds, is exactly why he's so successful. Yeah. And that's exactly what we were going for when we launched it. And we're very proud and very fortunate that we have a podcast that's in the top one and a half percent worldwide, most popular. We got that in two and a half months. We've been out for a little over six months and we've already overpa- uh, broken 20,000 downloads. So we're really excited about it. And uh, we're in 37 states plus D.C. and then we're in. 56 countries worldwide we've been streamed in in the, in the last six months. That's awesome. And uh, I guess I'll, I'll kind of start us off here. I know uh, I had you on our podcast when we were really first starting. Uh, and so you were our first guest. Uh, we were able to talk a little bit. Uh, I had picked, I think back then I had picked the Eagles to be kind of, 
I don't know if you really call him a dark horse. And we talked about that in the beginning of the season, but that was kind of my team that I was kind of going with, with being that dark horse to come out and to succeed. Uh, I know you and I were kind of talking about that, how uh, back then we saw that that could be a very good possibility to see the Eagles succeed this year. Um, but what do you think about the Eagles so far as they've come to this far into the season being 13 and two and really one of their losses, very controversial uh, and the other without their starting quarterback and big time MVP favorite. Uh, what do you think about the Eagles so far in their season? Well, I think the Eagles have done a really good job of controlling the football. Uh, their O-line has done a really nice job. They're older, but they have played exceptionally well. Lane Johnson to Dan Kelsey to, you know, their left tackle. They've done a really nice job. Uh, they do a good job of mixing it up. They don't just run the ball all the time and throw the ball all the time. They do a good mixture of play calling. Uh, the defense is a little weak in the secondary, you know, but they're able to get it done. They've got a really good front seven. They rush the passer very, very well. Uh, they add a little bit of beef in the middle with Sue and the other guy to kind of help stop the run. And ever since they've done that, they've done a really good job of like controlling the line of scrimmage. And it goes back to the same thing I talk about all the time in football. Whoever controls off the line of scrimmage is going to win. I mean, it's yeah. really that simple. I mean, you know, the Eagles have done a really nice job, you know, of that. And anytime you can control the line of scrimmage as a, as a on offense and on defense, you're setting the tone to win. And, you know, that's kind of unfortunately they played Dallas. Now, of course, they didn't have Jalen Hurts, but yeah. the Cowboys did a better job up front than they did. And so, again, this goes back to the old saying, whoever controls the line of scrimmage in football usually wins. So you got to be able to, to make that, you know, uh, a centerpiece going forward. So I think the Eagles right now are doing really, really well. Actually, one of my friends, um, she's a huge Eagles fan and she lives in Philadelphia. And I've been up there for work lately and I have a lot of things going on there business-wise. And the town's exciting. You know, they really are. But I don't know if they're going to be, I don't think they're going to go all the way. I, I don't know. I mean, you know, you know, it's just a lot of competition in the NFC. There's just a there lot. Is. So there I is. think, you know, it just depends upon, you know, who's able to, uh, to get it done on that any given Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, it's been an amazing season so far, but I'll go ahead and kick it over to our in-house Eagles fan. Uh, go ahead and take it over, Jared. Well, so Marcus, well, nice to meet you, by the way. Uh, the guy behind the Jersey behind me, the guy who wears that number now for Philadelphia has proven more exponentially important to that defense than I ever really thought possible. CJ Garner Johnson was so sorely missed in that game. I went back and watched the film on the game against Dallas and Dak got away with about three or four of those, oh, F it, he's out there somewhere throws. That one to T.Y. Hilton, Reed Blankenship's 20 yards behind where he should have, uh, in front of where he should have been on that coverage when they're playing single high deep. And the biggest thing with that game was the Eagles' just mistakes in the secondary lack of communications what killed them. It wasn't a, the Cowboys played exceptional up front and they held back as much as they could. The fact that the Eagles have four guys in the top 20 for pass rushing. My question is to you so, you said that you don't know if the Eagles are going to run it. Who out of the NFC you really think, besides, like, let's say Dallas actually makes it past the first round, and that who is the, who's that team? Who's that team that knocks my birds off and keeps them from playing Kansas City or Buffalo in the in the uh, Super Bowl? You know, I mean, there's just you know, Minnesota has shown flashes, but again, you just never know who's going. I'm, I'm not a huge Kirk Cousins fan. Uh, I'm just not. Uh, I mean, he's not a bad guy, but I'm just not. I mean, when it, the pressure's on, he doesn't do a great job. I mean, Dallas is is a team that you have to you know com, you know it's gonna you know it's gonna compete. Uh, you know, if Green Bay gets in. You know, their team is going to that's going to have an opportunity. I mean, like, you know, you never want the old man, you know, uh, to be in the playoffs. Um, 
I mean, I don't think the Bucks are much of anything. I think I think that's just a really, really bad division. You know, the the Panthers, the Saints, the Bucks. Um, you know, who's the other? Uh, um, who's the other team there? Oh God, Falcons. 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 The Falcons. Yeah, they they stay all. I mean, the Falcons suck. You know, the Saints stink. The Panthers are not anything special. So they'll probably win it, but you know that don't mean a whole lot. Uh, you know, but again, the 49ers, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, Brock Purdy has, you know, come up. I love how John Lynch said, oh, I talked to Trey Lance. He's ready to come in and, uh, and help the team. You know, when call like, come on, man. Like, don't give me the textbook answer, dude. The guy's gone. Okay. You know, you got, uh, you know, this guy Purdy is, is the team believes in him. The, and they've got, a, and again, controlling the line scrimmage you know they've got a good o-line in san france not phenomenal but they have a great defense and you know with, you know, with nick bosa and uh and armstead so and they've got and their linebackers are playing well so san francisco is gelling at the right time so yeah. you know san france is a team that can compete if green bay gets in their team, you know, Detroit, I mean, they lost to the Panthers, which was really <laughs> pathetic. But mm. I mean, so, but the pan, I mean, the Lions still have a, a, a chance. I mean, so I see, you know, I see the Eagles without a doubt, Cowboys. Um, I see the Vikings potentially. You have the Packers if they get in. You've got San Francisco. I mean, you've got, you've got a good mixture, you know, but if I had to pick one, if they keep playing the way they're playing and he doesn't make any mistakes, I can see the 49ers really making a push going late into the, into the playoffs. I will offer one little rebuttal before we move on. Cause I know I've been hogging a little bit of time, but um, if the Eagles do get home field advantage <laughs> and you got, and those teams got to go to the link in January in that nasty Philadelphia weather, I want to see what Brock Purdy, I mean, he's from Iowa state, but like, I want to see what that how that Kyle Shanahan offense looks with that nasty turf when you got Josh Sweat and uh, Hassan Reddick chasing you down every play. I, I don't know. It's going to be the playoffs going to be amazing in the NFC. That's all I got. Well, well, I mean, uh, again, that's why they call it home field advantage. I mean, you're yeah, playing yeah, to be able to play at home, and that's the whole purpose of oh, yeah. football. When you're at home, it's better because you don't have to worry about the crowd noise. You don't have to worry about mm. crazy, obnoxious fans. You don't have to worry about, you know, it's everybody's there for you to win. So if the Eagles do get home field advantage, yeah, it's going to be really hard to beat them in Philadelphia, in the cold weather. All that, because again, San Francisco is more of a, you know, warmer weather team. Dallas, and they can do it, and they've proven it, but, you know, they play in the dome. You know, Minnesota now is in the dome. You know, so Green Bay can do it, but Green Bay, you know, we'll see if they can get in. Detroit's in a dome. Uh, I mean, the Bucks play in the South. So, yeah, I mean, you know, if Eagles get home field advantage, it's something to be said because everybody else is either in warm weather, a controlled climate, and Green Bay is the only one that's not. But Green Bay, again, I think Aaron Rodgers, I don't think he can beat the Eagles. I just don't think they, that he can do it. I think he's not good enough. Well, that's not he's not good enough. He's not young enough to evade the pass rush going forward. I watched that game. That that offensive line looked outmatched the entire four quarters. It was rough. Let's go ahead and kick it over to you, Captain Lou. You got anything for, for Marcus here? Well, Marcus, I agree with you for the most part. I What I want to also add for San Francisco is with Kyle Shanahan, he's lauded as this uh, genius. Uh, I want to see him win a big game. You know, he blew that as an offensive coordinator in San Fran with uh, Atlanta. 
He had his chances uh, going up against the Rams last year. I, I, the edge to me, I think with Philadelphia, you hit the nail on the head is the defense too, because I think Minnesota's defense is terrible. They're awful. And, and Dallas's defense to me is underperforming besides Michael Parsons. Um, they're, they're giving up points in bunches too. That's where I think is going to be the edge um, with Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. I mean, defense wins championships. I mean, the Baltimore Ravens of the 2000 will, will prove that. I mean, <laughs> yeah. they did not score anything. But, again, the defense held them between, you know, God rest his soul, Saragusa, and, you know, Sam Adams and Ray Lewis and, yeah. you know, and the gang. I mean, you know, Peter Bowler to I mean, you know, they had Rod Woodson. Yeah. And, you know, they just had some phenomenal players on that defense. And they were able to keep people from scoring. And, again – this is why I said NFC, you're really looking at whose defense shows up that day, right? I mean, who's just got the better the, the better game? Because all the defenses, I mean, Philadelphia's got the least suspect because Philly's, again, secondary is not the best. I mean, it's okay, but it's not the best. But again, like you said, Dallas's defense is not good. Minnesota, you know, they're not great. I mean, San Francisco gives up points in the secondary as well. So again, you know, there's a lot. There's a lot. It's a, it's a lot of great football to be played, but oh, yeah. there's all. There's also there's some things where you know it, you don't know who's going to really just going to really take it. You know, Marcus, real quick. You know, every team's got a flaw in the NFC. I think oh, yeah. every in, in both sides in the oh, AFC yeah. as well. Oh yeah, and that's why I think that you know San Francisco. The only thing that they may have going for them, in my opinion, is they got to the championship game last year. They know what it's like to get so damn close and not make it. Maybe, you know, maybe they can do it. Maybe, maybe they can use that. I don't know. Well, I mean, it's always a great inspirational factor yeah. when you make it to almost to the fact and win and you lose because then you know what it's like you can kind of go yeah. back. So again, and what I will say is San Fran, the players are buying into Purdy and they're rallying around him. And there's a lot to be said for rallying around a young quarterback because if a young quarterback feels that the team is behind him, then what happens is it gets everybody else into a winning culture. And they're like, yep, if he can do it, if he's out here and he's young and he's a rookie and he's doing great, then I have no excuse not to play great myself. So it elevates everybody's game around them because if you have a veteran quarterback who messes up, you're like, oh, you know, you're a vet, you know, da, 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 da. you know, hey, you know, let's make excuses. And like, you know, okay, well, he's a vet, he messed up, so I could mess up. Maybe, you know, it is what it is. But a young guy who's not messing up is going to make you as a veteran say, well, if he's out here, rookie, unexpected to play, and he's kicking butt, then I need to up my game because if I don't, then I'm making it harder for this young man to win. So, I mean, San Fran got really lucky. Uh, I mean, unfortunately for Trey Lance, it's going to be at the end of his career in San Fran, uh, that, you know, they have a quarterback that they're behind. So that pretty much has kissed off uh, Garoppolo and Lance for me from playing there ever again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah, I mean, I, And I, I like I like Purdy. I've liked him through college, even though I didn't like him. See, be, I didn't like seeing him beat up on my Oklahoma Sooners every once in a while, but – uh, he he does have a lot of talent showing that in the league. Um, but let's go ahead and kick it over to our Jets man, Ryan McCarthy. You got anything for Marcus? I do, actually. Marcus, thank you for, for coming on with us. Uh, I, I have gotten all sorts of points of views from Jets fans and from people who cover the Jets. Myself, I've talked about it, but I want to get it from a, from a 
man who's played professional football. I see three identifiers with the New York Jets offense that have been driving me crazy all year. Quarterback play has been inconsistent. You've had four, you've had four quarterbacks play so far this season. The offensive line has been has played subpar, especially over the last two weeks. And also it feels like the coaching, their offensive coach, the offensive coordinator, Mike LaFleur, isn't giving the Jets the he isn't giving the quarterback he isn't giving the quarterbacks the best game plan to succeed which of these identifiers do you think you see as the biggest problem or is it just is it just a mix a mix of all three like i've been like i've been uh, alluding to well it's gonna be a mix of all three but the one that's killing you all the most is the inconsistent play at quarterback you know mm-hmm. i said from day one zach wilson was a horrible pick he was not the answer and he wasn't a great quarterback at BYU. They just threw the ball all the time, right? It reminds me of, um, you know, uh, I mean, I played with what a bad player in the NFL, but he wasn't as great as he was in college would be Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff at Texas Tech, mm. they threw the ball all another the for, time. Another, another former Jet. <laughs> right, you know, I mean, I mean, Cliff, I mean, threw the ball all of, all of the time, all the time. And, you know, in reality – Again, when he got to the NFL, it wasn't like it wasn't you know, what it was, which is fine. You know, Cliff had, but at least Cliff wasn't drafted like number two overall. So, I mean, <laughs> I knew, I mean, I said Zach was undersized. He was not a great with deep throwing the football. And, you know, from what I saw, he wasn't a tough player. So, you draft a guy number two overall, you're stuck trying to develop him, and he's not panning out. Now you have Mike White, who's in, who's showing flashes, but he gets hurt. Flacco, love him to death, former Raven, great guy, but he's getting, it's time for him to shut it down, which is fine. He's played for many, many years, great player. But, you know, when you have a quarterback and an inconsistent high draft pick like Zach Wilson was, it is going to end up causing issues in that regard. I do have a follow-up question for you. Do you think, Marcus, do you think the Jets move on from Zach Wilson or do they try to give him one more shot but bring in a veteran like a Jimmy Garoppolo or uh, or a uh, Derek Carr, somebody who's a veteran, who has a veteran presence who can help him become a professional? You're going to move on. I mean, you, you're going to move on because you you don't have – you don't want to – you know, it's going to his third year. The coach is going to be under a lot of pressure – as you saw with Denver, they fired Nathaniel Hackett, you know, you know, and not, I mean, his first season. I mean, so the, 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 the window of time allotment is really, really difficult to allow the coach to say, you know what, I'm going to ride with you for one more year because if he rides with him for another year. It's another subpar year. Are you going to fire him? Right. Because, you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're seeing that coaches and owner or sorry, owners are not giving coaches as much leeway as they used to because the game is fast paced moving. Oh, I oh, as a Jets fan, I know I've, I've seen I've seen the good carousel of coaches that have come in uh, with the, through, in the Johnson era. But thank, again, thank you for your answer. I appreciate I appreciate the opportunity, the opportunity to ask that question. Yeah, of course. I, I like the guys that you brought up too, uh, Ryan, because I, I didn't even think about who could who could possibly step in to help that out. But I, I like those two that you brought up, and we might talk a little I, bit more about that later too. I, I had them on my mind was Gardner Minshew. I I could, I could oh, get yeah. the name out. Gardner Minshew was another one I, could, I, I thought yeah. of too. Justin, I know you've been waiting over there patiently. You got something for for Marcus? 
Uh, sure. Yeah. Um, just to echo the sentiments that everybody else has said so far, Marcus, thank you for coming on. I uh, really appreciate it. And um, I have no illusions about my Seahawks this year. They've already overachieved, um, in my opinion. I thought they were going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. And I do think they have some promising um, young rookies on defense, Tariq Woolen, Kobe Bryant at corner. Um, he's got some stuff to learn, but we know Pete Carroll likes aggressive cornerback play. But my, my Seahawks-related question, because I have to get one, is – if Gino is not the long-term answer at quarterback, which I don't think he is, uh, is there a quarterback that you think they would target in the upcoming draft? Wow. I mean, gee, I mean, they're going to be a high draft pick. I mean, they may be number one or two. I mean, who's worse than them record-wise? Um, Houston. That's yeah. it. Houston. And, and, well, we know Houston's going to draft a quarterback. We know that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. David Mills is just absolutely – not good. Uh, <laughs> I, I would say, yeah, they're going to draft a quarterback. Um, you see C.J. Stroud, it, it, but again, the Ohio State quarterbacks just don't pan out well. I mean, they just they don't. Uh, the quarterback from, uh, oh, God, uh, USC, I think he – is he coming out? Yeah, Caleb Williams. I think he's still got another year left in yeah, him there yeah. at USC, but I could totally so. see them holding off for him. Okay. All right. So, yeah. all right. Well, so is he, what year is he? He's a sophomore. sophomore right now, uh, but he, then you know, with, with him coming back is one he, more, is, is he is he true or red? He's a red shirt or a true sophomore? He's true, true sophomore. He's true. Yeah, so okay, yeah, he won't come out. He can't, he can't come out. Yeah. Then, so, yeah. so then you got you know you got him. You know, I mean, you got the I mean the I mean the uh, the quarterback from Alabama. He can't come out yet either. So he's only a, what sophomore? No, I, th I no, think he's Bryce he's coming out this year. He's he's coming out. Okay, so then they're probably, you know, so I would say they're probably looking at CJ Stroud, Bryce Harper. Um, you know, they're you know, those are probably gonna be the top two guys are gonna look at, you know, drafting from a position of just safety. And they're both uh, you know, you know, a good quarterbacks. Um, you know, I don't know if they're gonna be great NFL quarterbacks. You know, I don't know. I mean, I said CJ Stroud has to worry about that Ohio State curse, man. Like, yeah. I mean, it's just unfortunate. I mean a lot of great quarterbacks at Ohio State. Like Troy Smith was a great quarterback. You know, there's some other great yeah. ones that came in. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, this, I mean, he's not having a uh, 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 the quarterback. Uh, uh, Justin Fields is not having a great NFL career. Now I do feel bad for the guy. He's got absolutely nothing around him. Yeah. But still, it's just the, U the Ohio State thing. So I see them definitely drafting a quarterback. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Are you suffering from chronic joint or back pain? Downtown's Healthcare in Denver offers effective alternative therapies that are non-invasive, non-surgical, and drug-free. Start your journey to a pain-free life. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. I can see it being C.J. Stroud. I can see it potentially being Bryce Harper. Uh, but I think, you know, whoever, I think it's going to be like one, two quarter. I mean, I just, I, yeah. without a doubt, the Texans need a quarterback. I mean, it's like they just need that. And Seattle does too. They really, they really do. Yeah. They definitely need somebody to fall back on for sure.
Yeah. Correct. Thank you very much. And if I could, I have one more quick question. We haven't really discussed the AFC playoff picture. Um, and we talked about kind of the Eagles Niners in the NFC. I think that the Bengals are a potential threat to go to the Super Bowl. They seem to be getting hot at just the right time. Um, who's your pick over in the AFC? I mean, honestly, I've got to go with the Buffalo Bills. Um, I think the Bills are going to really get it done this year. I think it's enough time where everybody is gelling and they have their week, well, not week, they have a weak spot when it comes to stopping the run. Like that's always been their thing, right? They do great when it comes to pass rush, uh, especially before they had Bond Miller before he got hurt. But Ed Oliver and all those guys have done a good job. They've got a good front seven. The secondary is really good. Justin Poyer, and, and they've got a really strong secondary they always have. So the only real flaw in their game is stopping the run at a good, consistent level. They've gotten better, but I feel they're going to score enough points in every game. And also, if they get home field advantage, having to play in Buffalo, that's a huge, huge yeah. thing. Talk about playing in Philly, playing in Buffalo is way worse. Big time. Way worse. Yeah. So if they get the home field advantage, which they're pushing for, and they're gonna, they're gonna, it's gonna be either them or Kansas City, they're gonna push, push, push hard. If they get it, I don't think anybody wants to go to Buffalo, especially in, in late January, to play football. I know when I played there, it was he- cold as hell in December. So you talk about late January, it's a yeah. whole nother ball game. So I really believe if the Bills can just hold on and they could just get it together to stop the run at some sort of decent level. I think the bills are the AFC team of my pick. All right. Yeah. I, I like that too. And I think they've been the favorites since the beginning of the season. We, we saw a time when it looked like maybe they were starting to weaken, uh, you know, kind of, kind of get a little, a little less uh, of the, that powerhouse that we all saw coming into the season, but uh, definitely, definitely a big one over in the AFC. Um, but Marcus, uh, I know, uh, you know, you know I, I told you we we're going to have some time to kind of plug your podcast. But, and so before you, you head off on us, uh, go ahead and tell us a little bit more, uh, plug whatever you, you think is, is necessary for that. Cause uh, I definitely want to shed some light on that. It is a very good podcast for those who haven't heard of it. Um, but yeah, go ahead and kind of plug that. Tell everybody where we can find it too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Josh. So basically the podcast is called get authentic with Marcus Ogden. It's on Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeart, Stitcher, Pandora, YouTube, you know, all major platforms. We are six months old. We focus on authentic stories of authentic people. So there's no real rhyme or reason to our guests. It could be an athlete. It could be a celebrity. It could be a business owner. It could be a healthcare provider. It could be a, uh, an individual who is into entrepreneurship. It could be my good friend who is the CEO of Weaver Popcorn. You know, 71% of our nation's popcorn is created or touched by Weaver Popcorn. It could be... Retired athletes like Willie Parker to Jeff Garcia to Gus Farrat to, you know, all across the board, right? It doesn't matter. And so what we are really excited about is, you know, getting out people's stories uh, that have a really genuine heartfelt story that share that story to help the audience understand how to get past hardships, difficulties in their lives. And 
We've been very fortunate. We have over we have over twenty. We have twenty six sponsors of our show. Uh, we are very much in tune to what we're about and who we're going after. And what we love most is is that people really continue to rate our show, review our shows. We have two hundred thirty two and out of two hundred thirty two five star ratings. We have over eighty five written five star reviews. And it's climbing, you know, every day and people just find it. And that's the hardest part about a podcast is the beginning. Getting yeah. people to turn in, chime in and say, I want to hear a podcast. I want to hear what you have to say. If you can get that and get them repeated. Then that's when great things start to happen, you know, in that regard. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you do have a lot of great guests on there. Uh, so again, everybody go check it out. Marcus, I appreciate you very much for coming on and, and accepting the invitation to come on to talk some NFL with us, man. Appreciate it, gentlemen. Have a great night, fellas. And thanks yeah, for having me on. I appreciate you it. You too. Thanks, Marcus. All right, bye. Yeah, it was definitely definitely great to have Marcus on. Uh, I know I had had a chance to talk with him briefly in the past, and so that's where where I knew him to to kind of have him come on to join us for a little bit. Uh, and, and of course, him being a part of the NFL uh, for the little bit of time that he was, uh, that's kind of kind of special to be able to talk about the NFL and some of the guys that he even knows. Uh, you know, some of these these teams and stuff like that too. So very special to have him on. But uh, we'll go ahead and jump back into our more in depth uh, conversation, kind of jumping around the board here for another twenty minutes or so. Um, we'll go ahead and, uh, jump down. I know Ryan, I know we've kind of left off with you. I didn't mean to cut you off there, but do you have anybody that you <laughs> seek that's kind of in the hunt uh, for the playoffs here that, uh, maybe you, th- you see as being your favorite to be able to make that playoff, uh, run as, as unlikely as it may seem. Well, funny you ask, uh, Dustin, and I talked about this last <laughs> night. I had some pretty bold predictions a couple weeks ago when I said the Jaguars and the Panthers would win their respective divisions because somebody has to win those divisions. Am I right? (laughs) So the Jaguars, they're on their way to winning the AFC South. Uh, The, I think the Carolina Panthers, if they can beat Tampa Bay and use that ground and pound system that Steve Wilkes has installed, run the ball, have Sam Donald make some, and he's, Surprisingly, he has come out of my mouth as a, as a Jets fan who, who had <laughs> Sam Darnold in his lineup. But is if the if they can get the that running game off the ground or on the keep it on the ground, control the clock, give Sam Darnold time to throw, make some good throws to the DJ Moore and uh, Lavisca Chanel. I think this team can beat Tampa Bay and then beat New Orleans and win the NFC South as wow. and. And it's going to be, man, those are the two teams I see I see coming out as divisional, as division champions. In, yeah, I, I like the Panthers, too. And what you, you bring up, Sam Darnold, he he looks really good right now, too, which is very shocking. Well, give him an uh, offensive, so. give him an offensive line and, yeah. and to, who could protect him and a running game that can stabilize him and keep him keep him from making mistakes and control the clock. And he'll be a good He's a good quarterback. I just hate the Jets gave up on him too for just hate the Jets the Jets gave up on him just as draft well draft this dumpster fire of a quarterback they have right now. <laughs> you know, Ryan, real quick, it's funny is I look at Jacksonville and I see what Detroit did to him about three weeks ago. They put 40 up on him and I they just took him out to the woodshed. If you would have told me that they have they're in the driver's seat in that division right now, I said you're crazy. I didn't see Tennessee taking a gas pipe like they are right now either. No, and, no. And, you know, and that, and that and Tennessee it, game was that get, was their get right game. 
That oh, was their get right day, game. Just amazing. That's coming. what I admire more about Jacksonville. They righted the ship so fast after that Detroit game that now that you're right, I think that uh, you tell me that they can't beat uh, the Chargers at home in an opening round playoff game. I think they can. They can. They can. Yeah, I got to echo the sentiments. Jacksonville, uh, the Titans are reeling. The Titans are reeling. As we, as yeah. Brian and I have discussed on our show, everybody knows what the what the Tennessee Titans offense is. It's Derrick Henry, followed by more Derrick Henry, followed by <laughs> Derrick Henry, Henry left, Derrick Henry right, <laughs> Derrick Henry on a dive. Well, don't yeah, forget Henry Steam on the back, uh, the backfield. Yeah. Don't forget one Steam route a game. Especially, yeah. I never, I never... <laughs> I never thought I'd say this, but the the Ryan Tannehill injury really hurts them because yeah. now they have to rely on Malik Willis at quarterback. And no disrespect to Malik Willis, but he he is not at the level that Ryan Tannehill is right now. Ryan Tannehill, not a great quarterback, but he's competent. He can yeah. he can actually to to spell Derrick Henry. He can they can run play action face fakes, and uh, Ryan Tannehill's good enough to get the ball downfield, good enough to get it out there. And that is not the case with Malik Willis right now. So I, as shocking as it is to say, um, I think I think the AFC South is the Jaguars to win right now. Trevor Trevor Lawrence, we're starting to see why he was coveted coming out of uh, college, and we're starting to see some of that talent with, as I call it, the calming hand of Doug Peterson. You know. Um, kind of writing Trevor Lawrence's mindset from the looks of it after the chaos that he endured yeah. under Urban Meyer. So <laughs> also they, they, I want to, I want to add to that to, uh, as we talked about last night, Dustin, can you name a, a wide receiver on the Titans outside of trail on Burks? I cannot. <laughs> I, I, I just hear silence and <laughs> Westbrook Akine, Westbrook Akine and Bobby trees. I can't pronounce them. Shut up nerd. <laughs> Oh, I'm well, sorry. Football is my religion. <laughs> and and something that they brought up uh, for the Jaguars uh, with Trevor Lawrence against the Jets uh, this this past week is with Trevor Lawrence, you've seen it, what's really hard for for a college quarterback uh, to adjust to is the speed of the game, and a lot of that for a quarterback is how fast you're able to release the ball, and it's not necessarily how fast. Uh, you're able to find your 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 target, though that is a big part of it. But it's also the release, uh, and they were they were pointing that out. I think Kirk Herbstreit uh, kind of hinted at that, and just how much faster his release has been. Uh, yeah, where instead yeah. of you know, and he's got long arms, he's a big mm. dude. So that that release has sped up a lot uh, recently, and you've you've seen that really help his his passing game a lot. Uh, and and like you said, Dustin, it is it, it's starting to to be that Trevor Lawrence that we all saw as being a, a very coveted. Uh, you know, first round draft pick quarterback uh, that a lot of teams wanted. Uh, and so I, I definitely like the way that we're we're seeing Trevor Lawrence come out of his shell and finally adapt to that NFL game. Absolutely. But uh, let's let's go ahead and jump down. Uh, I guess who is the best in the NFL? I want to kind of talk about that because we've got a lot of a lot of big teams. We've talked about the Eagles. I think that's the obvious one to point out with the record. It's hard to hard to, to beat 13 points. Uh, so you've got the Eagles. Of course, the Chiefs are always that team that's going to hang around. You never count them out uh, unless they have to go against the Bengals one more time. Uh, and then we, you know, we we've talked about the Bills. Uh, and then, of course, bringing up the Bengals. I, I think Lou, you're the one that, that brought this up a little bit ago with the Bengals, is that they're getting hot at the right moment. We saw this last year uh, where they started to get hot at the right moment. They absolutely did that again this year. And I think 
they're even looking better right now than they did last year at this time. And so seeing the Bengals kind of jump back that the way in the way they are. And another team that I would compare to the Bengals last season, you know, the last uh, the Bengals from last season is the Chargers. I see the Chargers, the team that we all saw as being this team that, you know, they're a very young team. We don't see too much, uh, you know, from last year to carry over this year. But we see the Chargers team starting to pick up the, the momentum the way that the Bengals did last year. And I really like what I'm seeing out of the Chargers right now. The defense is holding strong. Uh, we saw an amazing defensive game last night from the Chargers, yeah. uh, though they weren't going against a very tough uh, Colts offense. But who do you guys see as being this top team in the NFL right now, the team that maybe has the most likelihood of uh, winning it all? Well, I'll go first real quick. I, my biggest barometer really for that question is going to be on New Year's night. You talk about a great lineup of college football games. You cap it off Monday night with the Bengals and the Bills. Oh, yeah. And that's going to be a dandy. And I I liken one of those two teams as one of the best teams in the league because I look at the NFC, and I said it earlier too, there's a lot of flaws on each side, each team in that in the NFC. Uh, you know, Jared, no disrespect. Uh, the Eagles, you know, I don't know how much Jalen Hurts, you know, what you're going to get out of him. Hopefully he's back by the playoffs. It sounds like as if he is, then I'll go with them at number one. But everybody else in the NFC to me has got a defensive flaw. In the AFC, boy, I, I I lean towards Buffalo, but I just can't rule Kansas City out. But that's going to be one hell of a game on New Year's night to find out, to me, the best team in the AFC. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it it, it is just crazy. I, I'll bring that up again. It's crazy to see how close the competition is in the NFL this year. But, mm -hmm. uh, Jared, you got you got anybody to, who you want to pick for your top team without bias? <laughs> I mean, good luck <laughs> okay listen like the entire damn year i've been saying this and this is because of one reason one reason only this is pre-von miller injury i said the best team in football for the entire damn season has been the buffalo bills and i still think until i watch i love my eagles okay listen i have been an eagles fan since i was in freaking diapers but i am also not above realizing there are some chinks in the armor they really got to work at fixing well the secondary communication on Sunday was absolutely atrocious and Miles Sanders I think needed an exorcism after that fumble in the fourth yeah. quarter but hmm. I will say this most complete team in the NFC is the Philadelphia Eagles every team in that, in that entire part, conference looks up at Philly and goes okay let's not get our heads kicked in by them just as Minnesota I will say this though about the AFC I will always be terrified of the Kansas City Chiefs as long as Patrick Mahomes is their quarterback because this man can be 40 yards downfield getting chased by three different defenders, throw off his knee, his back foot, and somehow be playing twister and still hit, hit Tyreek Hill or Juju <laughs> at this point, 40 yards downfield. So I think the three top teams adding, of course, the Bills, Lou mentioned Kansas City, mentioned um, Cincinnati, Buffalo, I would throw um, Kansas City in there. Those three teams, they're in a tier of their own with Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. And then I'd sneak San Fran in there as like the just barely getting in the club, but they don't know how they got in. And then there's like t six other teams below them that have a shot, but they need a lucky bounce or two. Yeah, That's you, you the way I look at it. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. You mentioned you San Fran. I think the only reason why we're even talking about San Fran is because of their defense, because the offense has been just a, what are you going to do all season long? You know, yeah. are you going to go with Trey Lance? Are you going to go with uh, Jimmy G? Uh, no, both of them are hurt now. So now you got to go with this guy that you took with uh, a lowly draft pick, you know, whatever. We'll throw him in because we need somebody to play the position. And then he's a standout quarterback all of a sudden yeah. from nowhere. Uh, and so, I mean, yeah. yeah, the 49ers are that definitely that team that's that's scary just because I don't want to see them in the playoffs. <laughs> I, you know, I wouldn't say that. And I wouldn't say that they, they, they snuck, they, they found the way to the club and they, and they, and they found, said, how the hell did we get here? I think they punched the bouncer and they kicked the door down and they took over <laughs> yeah. the entire place. <laughs> I think that, that kind of, that kind of, that, that kind of a team right now, you know, guys too, San Francisco, let's not forget some of the talent they've got on the offensive side of the ball. You know, they sure. got McCaffrey in that trade. They got Debo. They've got yeah. George Kittle. And, you know, I heard a story, I don't know who who said it, I heard it today. You know, he spoke up, that being uh, Brock Purdy, in the huddle or, or at a practice, and he told the guys in the huddle, hey, this is my team. This I'm speaking now, listen to me. And they took to it. They love his confidence. The guy, and man, with that offensive side of the ball talent too, that's who I would be scared of the most if I was Philadelphia. Jared, I agree. They're the best team in the NFC right now. And but I th- I go with San Francisco second only because I think they're more well-rounded than any other team in the NFC besides maybe Philadelphia. Dustin, yeah. who are you seeing as as that top team in the NFL right now? Well, I got to say, I got to say I think the top the top team is probably the Buffalo Bills, but I really Cincinnati's really impressed me and they kind of at they finally got over the mountain. They've beaten the Chiefs enough now to where I think they're confident if they yeah. play the Chiefs. And I think the weapons around Joe Burrow are better. He's got Jamar Chase. He's got T. Higgins. He's got uh, Joe Mixon in the running running game. And Samaje Pirine has has proven that he can come in and run the ball just as just as well practically. Um, Pat, Patrick Mahomes, he's great. He's amazing, but he's got to do it all on his own. I think this Monday night matchup could be a preview of the AFC championship game. And on the NFC side of things, I still think, I think the Eagles are the best team, but I'm going to put much like captain Lou, I'm going to put the Niners at number two. And the thing that I'm most looking forward to in the playoffs, I've said it for a long time. It's cliche, but I always make the joke that if you're a Shanahan, you know how to make a running back look good. You know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who's running the ball. They just they find Shanahan's find a way with their scheme to make a running back look really good. Well, they've got a heck of a running back in Christian McCaffrey. He is a he is a real weapon. We all know what he can do when he's healthy. So that's what I'm looking forward to see most in the playoffs is how he impacts this 49ers team. And trust me, it pains me as a Seahawks fan to say that. Well, and you bring up the running backs for the Bengals. You know, I got to give give a hats off to 
the Bengals front office and Zach Taylor, I guess, to, to add into that, because who would have thought that Samaj Piran and Joe Mixon could be such a great duo together, uh, you know, so to add them in together. Uh, and that's kind of a, a little bit of a joke too, because I'm an Oklahoma fan. So both of them, they were phenomenal <laughs> at Oklahoma. Uh, and it is cool to see them in there in that, in that duo again, because they, they, like you brought up Dustin, they are complementing each other so well. Uh, and even more so this year, you know, last, last year, I think you saw Samaj kind of break out a little bit, but then now this year really, really showing his, his strengths. Uh, and I think they're finally using him for, for his strengths too, rather than trying to throw it to him on a, I don't want to, uh, Texas route or you know out on the flat or something like that that's not really where he's he's uh as explosive but Ryan let's kick it over to you who's your top team is it the Jets I wish I could have said that hey I could have said that after week nine and people would have people would have said really but after the last <laughs> six weeks god almighty uh, this is a real tough one uh Josh i Everybody makes a great case for their for their pick as their as their top team. Uh, you could argue the Bills, but I think they rely too much on Josh Allen. Plus, they have yeah. some holes in their in their running game, uh, the running run stopping and their run defense. You could say the Chiefs, but I mean it, that, that deep. But they're coming on. They're starting to play well at the right time. The Bengals, their off their rebuilt offensive line was a dog's breakfast at the beginning of the season, <laughs> and now they're one of the best in the NFL. Uh, in the NFC, you got the Eagles. I think they'll still win the number one seed, but I think, but I think they have some flaws as well. I, I, like Lou said, every team has a flaw. I mean, right now, my top team would have to be the Eagles with, with San Francisco a very close second, because I think they're they're one of the teams that's built to beat a team like Philadelphia if they go to the if they both go to the NFC Championship. Uh, Lou spoke about the desire to get back to the NFC Championship and then go back to the Super Bowl, and I think the running game will. Their running game is just incredible, mm. and the way they scheme their offense, it's they're, they're going to give. Te- they've already given teams a lot of fits. Their defense is outstanding. I would argue the Jets' defense is just as good as the as the Niners, but the Niners have an offense that can actually be functional. <laughs> so right now, for me, it's Eagles one. Niners one a Buffalo two, Chiefs three, Bengals four, and then I I don't have to, enough time to go on, but that's my <laughs> list for now. Yeah, I like it too. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and jump over to the chat real quick because we have Belly Up Blaine there in the chat. He says, "Thank you, Lou. I was gonna say that about the 49ers offense, the ability to score points with Brock Purdy and throw whatever QB in there says something about that team, and it says something a lot about." Uh, Shanahan and his wish I could wish I could say the same about the about the Jets, <laughs> <laughs> but but they are they are doing something with just about any quarterback in the league, you know. And so I mean, they just they, they go to the the local grocery store and find a quarterback and throw him in, and you know sometimes he's able to to do something, and sometimes he's not. But uh, we'll see if that curse finally ends in this draft. I think there's some good quarterbacks that the Jets can look at, uh, and hopefully they're able to squeeze up in there and, and take some. I think there are a few that are going to be overlooked. Uh, quite a bit in, in the upcoming draft too but let's go ahead and jump over to the MVP race uh, I know for me I started I think week three is when I put my MVP uh, bet in and I chose Jalen Hurts and it's not a bias uh, because he's an Oklahoma guy I just saw the and the I guess uh, the progression that he's made from year one to year two and then now coming in this year and seeing 
just what he looked like in the first couple of weeks. And I know last year he looked that same way in the first couple of weeks too, but from seeing his progression and knowing the personality trait that he carries as being somebody who's always hungry to do better than he did yesterday. Uh, I just, I saw Jalen hurts and I know the odds were heavily against him, but right now it's starting to look a little good. Uh, it'll look a little better if they, if they're able to put him in uh, here, maybe in the next couple of weeks. And especially, you know, with, with him playing the playoffs and everything, but uh uh, you know, with, with Jalen Hurts, that's that's the guy I feel like I, I have to give, you know, that's that's been my pick all year. Uh, and so I know I know Jared probably likes my pick quite a bit, but uh, and he probably agrees with me a, a little bit as well. But who, who do you got there, Jared? I would love for Jalen just for the fact of his journey and the, how he's been yeah. just like cast aside everywhere he goes. But not here's Oklahoma. the thing. It's not. <laughs> OK, NFL media, you know where they're leaning. They have their new darling. Mr. I complain to the refs. Mr. Andy Reid is the, basically the only reason I'm a decent NFL quarterback. Mr. I couldn't read a defense till my third year in the league. Mr. My wife is literally on a hairpin leash. Um, it's Patrick. Mr. Mahomes. My brother. Mr. My brother is annoying. Is the annoying little brother? I don't think his brother's alive. I don't think his. I think. I think he may have like he might have had Chris Jones throw him in a meat grinder or something like that. At this point, I'm not sure. Um, Patrick Mahomes is the MVP. He's had a great season. Yeah. I'm not going to act like he hasn't. But yeah. NFL media has spoken. NFL writers have spoken. It's it's never it doesn't matter. They're going to come up with any excuse in the world not to get. And I hate to quote Joy Taylor because she drives me nuts sometimes. Yeah. But she said it right. They will find any excuse not to give it to Jalen Hurts. She drives you crazy sometimes. All the time. <laughs> I hate it. Dude, when Christine Leahy left the herd, I was like, "Up, oh, this show's screwed." Um. <laughs> The thing was, I looked at the season. Jalen's biggest problem is that he'll run touchdowns in instead of throwing them. His lack of interceptions is incredible. Yeah. His QB rating is incredible. His accuracy, yardage, all of it. The fact he's 2,000 yard receivers and he was missing weapons all year, basically. He's missing Dallas Goddard almost half the year. He missed, like, I think some guys' offensive line occasionally. The defense has had a couple injuries, but. He's played consistent. Even when he has bad games, he has good games. And he's the reason they win those bad games. Yeah, I've, I've got one other name that I think matter. I would throw in there to to say more deserving, but I'm going to wait until we go round table uh, to, to throw know it is. My wild card is Justin Jefferson. Well, there it is. There it is. That, you already, you already stole uh, it. Throw a monkey, <laughs> roll a grenade to that one because here's the thing. Well, there's never been a receiver this dominant since the last guy to wear purple and yellow. That's Randy Moss. Well, and, and you know, it's, it's, yeah. A quarterback award, and I hate that. And as much as I do hate that, you have to also look at what it is. It's most valuable player. So is the, so is the Heisman. Yeah, so yeah and the Heisman, well, the Heisman too. And you look wait, at it, the Heisman most valuable exists? player on the field, or, you know, the the most valuable position is the quarterback position. So they are going to get more attention. I, I I I I hate that it is that way, but at the same time, you have to understand why it is that way. And that's why I think Jalen Hurts would be the front runner for me. But I do see if you want to take the most valuable player to his team, I think Justin Jefferson's got to be that because you take Justin Jefferson out, I bet the Vikings probably only have six or seven wins. Well, we we saw what that happened. We too, Darius Slay locked him up like he was on he was on trial. Yeah. Like the dude didn't even get, didn't get the ball until the third quarter. <laughs> all right, Captain Lou, you, who's your MVP favorite? Well, you know, first of all, I think uh, Justin Jefferson is plus ten thousand, so I'm putting yeah. five bucks on it. What the hell? Yeah, right. yeah why not? You know, five hundred bucks if you win it, right? Yeah. You know, Jalen Hurts, I, I've been a fan of his since he was at Alabama. The guy is 
he was Same. mature beyond his years there. He went to Oklahoma. You know, he he didn't he, he wasn't flash. All he does is win. And he went to Philadelphia. His biggest downfall, I think, is he's got to figure out how to get the PR machine and uh, get the promotional, the commercials that uh, you know that Mahomes gets. I agree with you guys. I think he is the most valuable player. Um, you know, maybe besides Justin Jefferson, but yeah, I mean, if Patrick Mahomes doesn't get it, he's minus 500. That to me, he's a lock uh, unless something drastically happens in the next couple of weeks, it's going to be Mahomes. But I agree with you guys on Jefferson as well. I think, uh, he's definitely the reason why Minnesota is where they're at and he saved their bacon on a handful of occasions. And I think if you're going to give it to somebody else because of Jalen Hurts being out for these couple weeks here, uh, you know, that's that's my pick. Uh, but that's only only because he's out. And, you know, the, you do have to yeah. add that in there. But it'd be be kind of a look back towards Carson Wentz days, though, wouldn't it, Jared? Don't say that, Josh. <laughs> I will leave the show right now. Do not ever put Jalen in the same conversation as that ginger weenie. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> All right. Ryan, who's who's your uh, your top picks, or maybe even your dark horse for it? You know, we're we're kind of throwing some dark horses in too. But I've got a dark, I've got a dark horse of dark horses. I'm going to go on the defensive side of the ball, and I'm going to say Nick Bosa is a dark horse candidate for That's MVP. My... I like it. Oh, yeah. if he gets twenty, if he if he can reach twenty sacks, I think he's definitely a dark horse candidate. He's at seventeen and a half right now, leads the NFL, and has a sack in every game except for two, and yep. they were both blowouts. So. Yeah, I, I think Nick Bosa is he's having an outstanding year. I think if it's the 20 or more, uh, he's definitely in contention for for MVP. Yeah, that would be my my favorite on the defensive side for sure. Uh, mine too. Who do you got, Dustin? Uh for MVP, I'm going, I'm echoing the sentiments of a lot of us. I'm saying Jalen Hurts, but I do think that he's not going to get it because they're going to use the excuse that he was out. And they're yeah. also going to use the excuse. Well, the Eagles have so much talent. Look what Gardner Minshew did in there. But I would argue if Jalen hurts is in there, they win that game. They win that game against Dallas. Yeah. Uh, oh, definitely. So, side note. I also think it's hilarious that all of us are discounting the Cowboys at all in the NFC. But <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Lou, you just, I mean, Dusty, you kind of just said it yourself. Like, yeah, it speaks volume. They play a healthy Eagles team. That game ain't that game's yeah. uh, they're covering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the they beat they, they barely beat uh, what's his face Rush. Yeah, yeah but mean where me, the Eagles fell asleep the entire fourth quarter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, happens. and 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 another dark horse we want to we want to mention uh, defensive players. You bring up the Cowboys. I think Micah Parsons has to be another dark yeah. horse on the defensive side yeah, to bring up. Yeah. He has been an animal all season long. Uh, and so when you're when you're comparing. Some guys that have really blown up on the defensive side. I think he's another one to to kind of include in that. But we have reached our two-hour mark. Uh, it's been an amazing show being able to talk about some college football. I appreciate each and every one of you guys being able to jump on and some talk talk about some uh, NFL. Uh, it's been just you know it's been been a blast. And so I do appreciate you guys and I appreciate everybody watching for giving us some love. Uh, I wish we would have been able to to just stay on here all night and just keep on talking football. It's it's basically. That's that's the dream. Uh, it doesn't really get much better than that. We so do what we do. And, and, 
Amen, and brother. If Jay, and if Jay Crane's still watching, I did shave my bald, beautiful head with a Jeremy's razor before I went on. So, <laughs> yeah, I was I was gonna throw your question in there too. I saw you throw that in the chat, and I was gonna throw it then in. He, he left. Uh, I was like, oh. yeah, he it, it kicked him off. He said, "Listen, so, uh, when I, the end come knocking, you gotta run." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, it was an amazing you show. You run <laughs> either direction, though. I never said which way you run. You just run. <laughs> it was an amazing show, though. And I, again, I appreciate all you guys for coming on, helping out, uh, and talking all kinds of football. Uh, it's it is what we call the super show. Hopefully, we'll be able to get on and do a few more of these too. Especially as uh, you know, we get into the off season. Maybe we can do a, a late off season. We'll have to uh, maybe talk about doing preseason and. Then again, uh, next next year, whenever we get to around this time again, it's 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 been fun. And I appreciate everybody so much for watching. Uh, you can look down in the description to see everybody that was, uh, whether they were on uh, a member of Belly Up Sports or uh, for our guests. You can go down there and see where everybody's at. Uh, and if uh, for for those who are who are uh, part of the Belly Up too, if I if I failed to put uh, something in there for you guys. Make sure to let me know, and I'll try to make sure that, that gets edited, so we can make sure your name and your your plug-in gets everything as as well. But uh, I appreciate you guys all for joining. You guys have a all, thanks, have a great thanks night. Thanks for hosting, Josh. We appreciate you. you. Yeah, thanks, thanks a lot. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for hosting, dude. You don't have to live with chronic pain. Downtown's Health can show you a better way. Joint pain, back pain, pain that sits and waits. Downtown's Health offers an alternative with physical and regenerative therapy. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.